Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Uh, welcome to episode 98 of the Galen Trombley Show. Um, I have in studio today Alex, or Alec, Alec. You know what? It's okay. Let me just stop you right there. I respond to it because I've had it happen so many times over the years. I, I, I just respond to it. Because I'm a Galen and I've had like about three or four people today that spelled my, this, not today, this week that spelled it G-A-E-L-E-N. People. Oh God, I and, can only imagine that's all the time. Well, well the problem, so the problem is I have a pet peeve. If you see, if you know my name, my name's in the signature or you're sending me an email mm-hmm. and my name's spelled G-A-E-L-A-N. And obviously, if you listen to the podcast, it's an annoying intro that I put purposely for that reason. But the amount of people that of like email me in a business setting and misspell my name, I'm very... That's why like I said it. I'm like, honestly, my bad. Alec, I knew that. that Alec okay. and Alex always messes me up. Kirsten and Kristen always mess me up. Yep. And Brendan and Brandon always mess me up. Yep. Like, I will know people name yep. that. I'm like, is it Brandon or Brandon? I'm like, shit, Brandon. Like, you know, just kind of like muffle Or just, hey... Buddy, like, yeah, you, I try, to, you try to get it subtly. So, uh, so there's a few I, I names that. that always mess with me. Yeah. Alec and Alex are one of them. So, I got a mild form of dyslexia too. So, I think Alec, A L E C, Adnaha, which honestly, up yes, until sir. probably like a month ago, I didn't know how to pronounce your last name. You know what? Not not a lot of people have. It's very elite company that people get it on the first try. <laughs> I like to tell people. Uh, number one, it comes from. I mean, a country that's not around anymore. I mean, it's around. It's just two different countries now. It's from Czechoslovakia. That's the heritage of it. Um, and then I also like to tell people to give it a try and, and a lot of, I loved, I love what people can come up with. I mean, I, there's so many different so what's, variables. What's the best pronunciations? Oh man. Let's see. I've gotten, uh, well, people have shortened it. I've gotten odd. No, I've gotten, um, Odenoha. I've gotten odd. How, how do you say that? I've gotten on to ho. Uh, that one actually, that was shout out to my middle school principal for that one. Uh, she was my neighbor <laughs> up the street and just, just still couldn't get it. So I, I just, at some, at one point though, I just kind of got like used to it. I, I remember when I was younger, like, so it's Adnoa, Adnaha, like Adnaha, Adnaha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like messing, you're saying it so much. I was like, and I knew that it's like, this, yeah. it's like one of those things we say it over and over again. Like, well, how do we actually pronounce that word? Stuff Alec, like that's cool. Stuff like that's really cool. I hated my name when I was younger because I was so convinced that you know I was going to play in the NBA and that the announcers were always going to get it wrong and I was going to be embarrassed and I hated it when I was starting younger, lineup. But, what's that? Did it call you out for the starting lineup? Oh yeah, I imagine that all the time, like coming out of the bench, like so you were ba- up your teammates. You were a basketball guy. Yeah, big basketball guy growing up for sure. And like, I mean, still now. Uh, did you play through high school? I so I played. I played. Through, I didn't play junior year, but senior year I played right bench. It was pretty great. But I, I didn't mind it. I did play through school, though. It was a good time. Um, I, I, <laughs> one thing that I, I became like known for unofficially was to be able to, like if, if someone needed like a 70-foot shot to put me in, and I'll throw, I'll throw it in for you. Like two seconds on the clock, yeah, catch yeah, a from release? Like, from like 70 feet. One, one arm, or could you chuck it with two? I can, I can flick it. Flick it with the wrist. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's one like, step. So like the Steph Curry it. bomb from yeah. like 50 yeah, out, yeah. 70? Exactly. That's impressive. I... Um, my best year ever of basketball was my junior year. We won sectionals, which for people that live in Chasey, it's, I think Big we won so- sectionals well, in like the seventies. We won it once in the nineties and in 2007. Soccer, so like, you guys are killer though. Yeah. Well, soccer is a different story. Basketball, not very good. <laughs> we like the ball low to the ground, not, not above our head. So, um, 
you know, being five foot seven on a good day, I was very just basketball was I was actually not bad at basketball. Physically, I wasn't. I was at a disadvantage a little bit, but sure. I had fun playing it. Oh, that's that's it. That's exactly it. I mean, I, I just loved going out there and just shooting. I could do that for hours. I used to do PHS. that all the time. Yeah, PHS. I didn't like. Who has a good basketball? You, yeah, historically, no, they, my team good. was great. I mean, a lot of I'm still in touch with a lot of those guys today. I mean, they're they were they were wonderful. It was a great t- great thing to be a part of senior year. I didn't do it junior year, but that squad was good too. Uh, I met a lot of great people through it. A lot of great people through it. And I mean, I'm still really into it today. So it's definitely important to me. So I, I think the more important thing that we, uh, we met through golf. Yes, we did. And uh, so like, give me the, yes, like, we did. did you play golf? All, how, when did you start? So I actually started playing golf when I was really young, like uh, two or three, but my, I didn't like take it serious. It was more of just get up and hit it. And my, I used to like, you know, go to some field or go to the range with my grandfather. I definitely did Willie King's camp a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I just, I definitely did that growing up. I never really took it serious. Uh, and then when high school came around, I actually wasn't even going to play. I hadn't really considered it. And my buddy, Nick Dodd, shout out to Nick. Uh, he, he actually convinced me. He said, Hey, you know, you should sign up for, we should sign up for golf. Was this the guy that didn't make the tournament that wanted to play? I think it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he's, he, he's a stick. He's one of the best potters I know without a doubt. Like he, he'll go out there and he'll throw, he'll throw so you. So we'll have to put him on the short list next year. Yeah. No, definitely get him in next year. Okay. He's, he's, he's a great one to have around. He's such a good, he's a good player for sure. Local buddies. local kid? Yeah. Oh yeah. He was he was in high school with Megan and I. Okay. Oh yeah. So if um okay, so you started playing, going to golf camp. Yeah. The, and I didn't like I didn't again, it was like just get up and hit it. I didn't really know the like the real like how to play golf per se, like how to score. I didn't know any of that. Uh and then uh, my uncle actually, my uh who lives in North Carolina, he was a former pro. He had a he had his own shop for a while and his influence has gotten me, uh, you know, to like it a lot. And then I also was affiliated with Willie's shop for a few years. There were a lot of guys there uh, that, that really helped me to develop my liking for it. There was one specific shot I remember. I was, I was in North Carolina watching the Masters with my uncle in 2012 when Bubba Watson won. And Louis Usheisen hit a, I think I it was like a four iron, the double eagle, right? I just I remember watching that ball trickle. And it just dropped in the cup, and we just started going crazy. And I was like, "Wow! Like that's just so cool! Like it, it's how they do that is just it, there's such there's so much more of an intricate meaning to the game. Like how people how they curve the ball, how they spin it. It's just so wild. To Have me. you ever been to a pro event? Oh yeah. Okay. I've, I've been to I've been to a couple. I'd recommend it to anybody, even yeah. someone that's not even a big golf fan, because you're, you're out there. It's, it's a wonderful atmosphere. You're walking around. Typically, if the weather's great, you know it's a good time. You can get a souvenir, you can get a beer, you can get food, you can see some of these, and sometimes celebrities will be there, um, but I mean, that doesn't really matter. The point is you're at this event, and just seeing these guys up close in person and watching them hit like that over and over, I mean, I could sit at the range for hours. I did. I, I went to the U.S. Open in 2016, and I sat at the range for a good four hours, just watching them hit balls. Which one was 16? I was at Oakmont, actually. Oakmont. That was when Dustin Johnson won. Okay, because I, I went to uh, 13 in Marion, which is out You went to Marion? No oh, kidding. I've been, I've been to a bunch. Like when I was lucky. When I was the uh, first one I ever went to, my dad likes golf, and we oh, yeah. just started making a point to go to the majors each year if we could. And Augusta is definitely on the bucket list. So I haven't been there, and that's a bucket list one. No doubt. No um, doubt. 2002, I went to Beth, Beth Page and Tiger, Tiger. won. And what I remember, the couple things I remember about that one was obviously the first time it was a public course and I have very, very, really good memories, but I was like 12 years old. I was a young kid. And I just remember we were sitting on the 18th grandstand 
waiting for all the players to come through. So we had sat there all day. Like, Oh yeah. You know, that's the thing with one of those events, especially Sunday on a, you said it was Sunday, Sunday, oh, yeah. Sunday on a major, you got to get there. I mean, at the crack of dawn and you cannot move well, that, that seat will be taken. So we, we've done that a few times and Oh two, we did it. And then there was a big storm on Sunday. So what happened on the storm being 12, it was just like madhouse. Cause everybody had, it was uh, lightning. She said the kicker would be out of the grandstands. Oh, of course so, they did. Yeah. So I was like, I was like 12 years old and it was just a madhouse. So my dad's like, okay, screw this. We're going home. So we ended up, it was raining and stuff. We didn't know if they were even going to finish. And long story short, missed it. That was the year Tiger won. And, but I had seen Tiger throughout the week. And the crazy thing, and I will never forget this. I remember him walking from, and I forgot what hole it was, but obviously they go from hole to hole. And they and this is 2002, so this is peak Tagger. I mean, Tagger is oh, like yeah. you know prime I, time Tagger. That's one of the things like really getting into it in like the early 2010s. I've seen highlights, I've read about it. I never got to. Oh, I never so really, really experienced the- prime Tagger. I mean, I've seen I, he, there's a there's a shot for shot video of him winning at, the, at Pebble in 2000, mm-hmm. and I can't tell you how many times I've watched that. There's actually one shot where you can see his club, and you just see the wear mark in the dead middle of the club. And his swing is just different. Back 20, then? I don't know why he changed it. I, I don't get it. I mean, and, I understand. Well, like, uh, sorry, 90, sorry, 97 and 2000. His uh, swing in 2000 was like. You can't you can't get better than that. I was you like, can't get better than I would, that. I wish can't. I could swing like that all the time. Everybody. I, that's the thing. Like, it, the golf swing is such a beautiful motion, especially. There's people that, you know, have natural golf swings, and, and there's so many more, so many ways to do it. I just love how individualistic the game is. So, well, okay. So, a couple things on Tagger. We'll go to that. The. the the thing I remember in uh, 2002 was when he was walking from green to tee, like between the holes, mm-hmm. they rope off basically a pathway for him to get there to keep the crowd right. out. Now, there's probably 40,000 people on the course, and there's probably 20,000 following Tagger. And that's not an exaggeration. That really is probably how many are on a hole following him. So it's insane. I mean, you're talking layer, like the whole hole deep of people. Most holes, as you know, when you go to a golf tournament, you pretty much can walk up to a thing and just stand on the ropes and watch the guy hit. Bigger names... There's bigger names and there's Tagger. There Tagger earlier, is yeah. like in his own category. He he's the biggest draw in golf. There's there's no doubt still, about that. Still, still, to this to, day. he he moves the needle. It, yeah, it's he, not even cool. He, it, the the amount the impact that he has on the sport is is something that will be talked about forever. I mean, he he changed the game from you know the early 2000s on just with how he well, approached it. Well, so when the the one well back to the, the story yeah, of course, when, he, though, when he was yeah. when he was walking down the thing I remember was he was coming from green to tee. Mm-hmm. The focus on his face, I've never seen in a pro athlete in my life to this day. His eyes, like you basically, he was walking to the next tee. And I don't think if there was a bomb that went off here, I don't think he would flinch. He was so zeroed in on like, I'm going to the tee, I'm hitting the shot. And it was like, I've never seen, it was, it was almost like, like, I don't want to say like psychotic, but it almost was like, he's like, you could just see in his eyes and his mind that he was just like, he was like not I'd, thinking about anything else, but like walking to the tee, hitting the tee shot, walking to the tee, hit a tee shot. I was like, I'd say it was. That's one. Of, I think that's one of the most fascinating things about him is his ability to drop down to that level and just completely block everything out. It's. I've. 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 Uh, I'm actually funny you say that. I just read the most recent issue of Golf Digest, which has a bunch of stories about Tiger in it, and I forget what pro had mentioned it, but he was saying how like, oh, it was during I think the Presidents Cup when Tiger was the captain. He was like a captain on Saturday, like you know, like talking it up with the guys, like, you know, doing his thing. And then the next day, the pro said, I think it was Patrick Cantlay, now that I think about it, the pro said that he had never seen, like, such a, like, he had never seen such intensity, never seen such a change like that in one person. Like, Tiger came out, you know, ready to kill from the get-go. And it's, I think his ability to do that is is just 
it's so fun to watch. And you well, see, there's stories and stories about it. Like I, it, it, I mean, put how good these guys are. And when I talk about pro golf, it's not even fair. Yeah, if you've never seen pro golf before, basically what happens is take if you're, I'm gonna say, take a single digit golfer, okay, which is good. If you're a single digit, oh, yeah. you are a very good golfer for sure. Take a single digit golfer. If you're a single digit golfer, think about the top two, three, four, five shots you've ever had in your life, the purest shots you've ever hit. That is every single time those guys hit. Every it's, time. It, it's they it's don't a miss different hit. sound. They don't miss hit. It's a different sound. It's just how they how they carry themselves. It's so different. They're, they're, they're on such a higher tier that it's just... Well, it's such a small percentage. It's unbelievable. So so when I... In 2005, we went to Baltusrol, which was the PGA Championship. It was down in Jersey. Yes. Fun fact about that. We talked about Robin Whedon earlier. Robin Whedon was in our hotel singing Devil Went Down to Georgia karaoke. And we didn't know Robin was there until we saw him sing karaoke. My dad's like, I think that's Robin. And I knew I knew of Robin at the time. That was the first time I met Robin. See, that's something I would love to, I would love which, to see. Which was, in a, which was in a Even hotel today. room, uh, in a hotel bar down in New Jersey in 2005. And I remember going down there. I'm like, why are people smoking? Because they had banned it in New York State, not in Jersey. So they're right. still smoking, hotel bars. <laughs> and uh, Robin's up yeah. there singing Devil Went Down the Georgia karaoke. Oh, so, my God. Typical. It was great. Classic but, Robin. So we're, we're at the we're at the tournament, and Tiger hits one left, and we're we're there hits one left. So sure as shit, where do I go? I I'm like one of those kids that goes oh, running down. Oh yeah. So I'm standing oh, yeah. right behind his ball. So Tiger's probably I'm probably here. He's no more than me to my bookshelf away, and I'm sitting there just looking, like watching the whole thing. Like as you see, on like all the people that are sitting there, but this is before cell phones, so people weren't flipping cell phones. You're literally just watching. It's a dog leg left. It was a five hundred and five oh five dog leg left, kind of downhill, but left. Couldn't see the green. Everybody's sitting there like, yeah, so he's probably just going to like punch down, maybe down there, 100 yards, something like that. I don't know. He's probably like 220 out, okay? Downhill, about 220 out. Him and Stevie Williams at the time. they sitting there, whatever, doing their, doing their thing. And uh, the Kiwi, the, the, yeah. uh, the, the New Zealander. So <laughs> yes. he's sitting there, and they're just sitting there chit-chatting, and I'm like, okay, he's probably just going to pitch it out there. Maybe he's going to hook it and run it down. Me- meanwhile, there's a tree in the way. Tiger hits the ball under the tree rises up after the tree hooks it left onto the green now the, the craziest thing about this shot wasn't even the fact that like we in our minds the people sitting there couldn't even see the shot we were just like yeah so he's probably just gonna punch it out there because we're like like our skill level and what we can actually think of with a golf club is is so small compared to those guys and he's saying they're like all right i'm gonna go under the tree hook it left about 200 yards onto the green. I can't see the green. I know where it is. But I'm going to go for it anyway. And I got this tree that's probably 15 feet in the air, and I got to go under the branches and hook it left. Oh my God. And I mean, he did it. without. A, and, and it wasn't like the ball hooked low, like we would probably do. It was like a... Went probably, under, up, and, and his big... Tall, tall, probably landed nice and soft. Oh my God, yeah. And I'm like, I remember seeing that, and I'm just like, this is why... In my lifetime, he's the greatest golfer of all time. Oh, it's, and it blew my mind. That's such a, it's such a debate. I was actually having this conversation with with a buddy of mine earlier today. If you took, you know, the top twenty players today and you put them back in like Hogan's era per se, mm-hmm. what? How would that? How would they play compared to him? Or like if you took Hogan with the same and technology gave him, and, and it, right? No, if yeah. you gave them their clubs or if you gave Hogan modern technology, how would that go? Who do you think would be better? The the only thing is I. My question is with Jack Nicholas. Jack could hit the ball a oh mile. Oh my god, yeah. Like he, back then when he with, was he was super long when he first came out, one of the longest out there. Like and I think relative to today, he would still be the longest one of the longest guys on tour. I mean, even then, some guys were still being able to put it out 
over 300. And I mean, 300 is now back then it was considered an exception. I mean, now it's a bit of, it's a bit of a rule. I think I heard a stat the other day that the hundredth person on the PGA tour list out drive drives over hundred oh, drives. Cons- average drive is over 300 yards. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just a ridiculous number to think about. So I was putting together, um, the video for the tournament. Yeah. And it was a great I, tournament. I great event, by the way. Oh, we'll get Fantastic to, we'll get to event. it. I want to hear your, your opinion on this. So, but the thing was, I, I've never played golf with you. I've only, we're going to play next year. We're yeah. definitely going to get together oh, and yeah. play. Definitely. But the thing was like when I watched you, we went on the tee once we're at the range we we're talking about when we had, I don't know, it was like a long drive thing. And I think you and I both like bombed three drives in a row. And I think you're, I think I only beat you because your last drive, like had a slight like fade. Oh, I remember. I remember it. I definitely and I did, I'm like, geez, this kid's good because I was swinging out of my shoes and I hit like three. You were ripping them. You I know. Were and striping I striping like, them. And I was I mean, like straight. I mean, you had, I remember a couple of them had a nice little draw and then one just had, was nice and straight, like beautiful swing. You're ripping them. I'll, I'll never forget that. Well, that, that for sure. Well, it was, it was kind of dumb luck because I've played really bad now, but um, I was watching the video. You have a very good swing. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. I'll have to show it to you. Like, I, I don't know how many times you actually see your own swing. Uh, no, yeah, I've, I've definitely, so freshman year of golf, actually, my, uh, I've worked on it now for a long time. My swing back then was not great. And I used to always come to my golf coach, Rusty Bigelow. And he, I, he, I'd always say, Rusty, what about this? Like, what if I do this? I'm swinging like this now I'm doing this. And at the, at the end of the year, he gave me the award for the most, like for, he called me loquacious as, as he called it. He dubbed me loquacious because of my never being able to settle on one swing and, you know, six different things at once and paralysis by analysis, if you will. Um, but I appreciate that a lot. I've tried to, I've tried to put some work in it over, over the, uh, over the years. And, uh, it's, it's something that you can never get perfect at. I think it's just a, what's your strong point of your game? Uh, I think my strong point, well, it depends. Uh, when we're, when, is it like when we're on or when we're just like average? Cause it, it definitely differs. I would say on average, I, yeah, I don't probably know, that driving, down. driving, I driving would say. Like, like if, strong if point? I'm, if I'm on, and and I'm if I feel I'm on and I feel I'm swinging well, I I feel very confident over the ball off the tee. I feel like I can just walk up there and and rip. I try not to think too much about it because you you tend to freeze when you do that. Um, I, the slow, we'll get to slow play too. I want to talk about that at some point. But uh, no, I would say definitely driving. Uh, my irons are okay. I definitely tend to flare those to the right. Um, and, uh, I, I would say driving is my strong point. I don't have the best short game, but it's, it's, again, it's something you can continually work on, which is one of the reasons why I love the game so much, but well, you know, I appreciate the kind words for what, sure. What, uh, what are you at right now? Handicap? Roughly. Um, last I, so I had my membership at bluff this year and through the gin app mm-hmm. or gin, however you, uh, per, you ever call it, uh, I am an 8.5 at the moment. So not too bad. There's, there's, a, there's, there's one of my buddies actually, he, uh, he's from Lake Placid. Do you know who Art Griffin is? funny enough i've heard the name yeah he's no, he, a stud right he's yeah so i mean he's played in the usam a couple like multiple times does he's, he live up pro, here still no he's a pro down in florida now okay. he's he's like a he's like a plus five i mean it really he's, yeah he's he's insane i remember playing with him at craigwood one time and i don't want to say is it was, that his home was, track i it was like what's his name again art griffin okay uh it's not his home track but i mean like he he's from it's like Placid Club, I believe. His his he owns his family owns that, I believe. But uh, he um, he started off. He eagled the first hole. He proceeded to go five under through seven, and he played the next eleven holes even. And he called it like an average sixty-seven. And I'm just looking at him like, that's an average sixty-seven. What do you? 
are you kidding me? <laughs> like to be able to do that, just roll out of bed and shoot a 67. I mean, so even on any auto track around here compared he, to some he of the, your age, he's a little younger than me. He's oh. a year younger than me, I believe. Okay. So I remember it's funny enough. I, I used to follow golf kid. a lot. Yeah. He's a great kid. I remember reading about him because I would check the paper and he, he was really good. Oh like, yeah. Like really good. Like mm-hmm. to the point where like, there's always been players that could shoot around. Typically a good golf around here shoots, I would say average is probably a three to five handicap is your best yeah, players. Yeah. And he was by far like you could argue was probably a scratch golfer in high school, which mm-hmm. when people say scratch golfer, there's a difference between a scratch golfer and a five and a, handicap. And a five handicap. There's a big definitely. difference. And he lot, actually told me that that took him the most time because I asked him oh, yeah. about it, like how he went about it and like how he progressed. And he told me it took him the longest time to get from like a single digit to a scratch golfer. Oh yeah. Cause you were talking about not hitting the ball, but like precision on hitting that Exactly. I think one thing that people, myself included, I think one thing that people struggle with is they hit, they, they see rapid improvement when they first pick up the game. And it's those, those, those shots that entice you to keep coming back and they'll hit a plateau. And sometimes when people hit that plateau, that's when they try to tinker too much or that's when they try to, they, they, they just don't have the confidence in themselves. Like I'm not getting any better, but you gotta, you gotta overcome that. And that's something that I've, I've learned through it. Well, I think that, so like you said, there's adaptation waves. So your mm-hmm. first level adaptation yeah. is like, if you pick up a golf club, first time beginning of the season, you're going to shoot a 130. Oh, no doubt about by it. By the end of the year, you'll be down to 110. No doubt. So you, you've improved by 30 strokes. And, and that's something to look at, no matter what your score is at the end of the day, to see that improvement in itself, no matter what level you're at. I mean, that's something you got to look at. Well, like when I went from my biggest improvement, I think I was a senior in high school. I think I was a six. I was a senior in high school. And... I played a lot of golf. I mean, I had nothing going on. I had no, like, you know what I mean? I was just a kid. Like, Where'd you shoot that 73? I actually want to ask you that. North Country. North Country. That's a great 73. That, that was my, uh, yeah. That, so it was funny about that score. That was my, I think it was my senior year. I had six bogeys and five birdies that round. And it wow. was, and the funny thing was, and this still to this day, I know a lot more about technology of a golf ball because I bought some new clubs this year, which I'll show you my clubs before we leave. There's, oh yeah. I think they're still in the, still in the, the car. Um, I love your driver. I, mean, I watched you hit that. Dude, it's, I, I mean, I suck, but yeah. I, I, I got to get better. So It's there. I'm telling it, you, I've seen it. Well, yes. I saw it at the range. Well, no, no, no. That When I was with you, that was a different driver. Even then. That was a 10-year-old driver. The general same. motion was great. Yes. Yeah, so, well, the thing is, you do, it's like riding a bike. Like, I mean, the, the amount of swings that I've taken in my life, the problem is right now, my goal next year is to get back down to single digits. I was, I'm probably like a bogey golfer right now, but I'm not far off from... Like I shot an 84 this year, which for me, that's a great, that's, yeah, it was a good score. And honestly, score. It, was like, it was like a 20 mile per hour wind up at North country. I usually, I don't play much up there anymore. I play mostly the barracks and bluff and stuff, but the, uh, I know I'm not far off from getting back down to probably like a seven, eight, nine. And that's my goal for next year is to, I want to get an actual handicap and my goal is to get down under a 10 be down single digits. Well, I think it's definitely doable. I, I think, think it is. And I, I put, I put, more time in this year and I was hitting the range a little bit. The problem was there's just a few things I had to like, it's reps, it's muscle memory and I'm kind of getting it back because right now, if I hit a golf ball the way I expect to hit a golf ball, kind of like what you're planning, like executing what you're trying to plan, I hit the ball longer and with a better flight than I've ever had in my life currently, even back when I was playing then. So I'm like, I have the motion it's just oh, it's yeah. fine-tuning the consistency. Yeah. And I'm not far off. And my short game's not great, but when I was playing 
back then I didn't hit the ball that long. I wasn't a big dude. I was small. I had like a long drive for me was 240. Like it really wasn't that, which is still believe it or not longer than the average amateur. Oh, for sure. But back then, like there were, there was guys. What, oh yeah. Like, me, I mean, two eighty two nine. Now if I was to have a good drive, it's probably two seventy five. So I mean, yeah. like I've gained probably 35 yards, but it's a consistency aspect. So back then I could get up and down eight out of 10 times. That was my, that was it. Like it was my short game. So that's that was very what it's cons- all about too. Yeah. That, that's how you score. That's how you do it. Well, my problem now is my short game's like, okay, my, Same. my, but my, Can ball, never figure it my out. ball striking is terrible. So I tend to, you ever had, have you ever had a case of the, uh, the dreaded S word in golf? You know how they, it just kind of shows up on you. The shanks. Have you ever had the shanks? You know, when I shank the ball, I have, but not, it's usually like for like a hole or two. Oof, those are, I hate the shanks. I had it, I had it in this tournament chipping. That see see okay. I thought Jeff Stitt was going to kill me. <laughs> Jeff Stitt. Was Jeff great. got very into it, Jeff, which I was impressed. Jeff, Jeff was a gamer. It was honestly, it, it was such a fun event. I mean, I think a lot, a lot of people got into it, even those that were novice players. I I enjoyed it so much. Well, I mean, I had a great time playing with like with like Megan Strong and Nick Bracy. They got into it, and and my part and Joel too. Joel Joel got into it. Well, well the, mean, the funny thing with. You were the first guy to show up, of course. And I remember when we got I was you ready. in, it was amped. You you responded fairly quick in the in the thread to get in. Like you were like you were like an early commit to the tournament, I believe, right? I actually don't think so. I I so Meg, I remember Meg gave me Meg gave me the e- uh, she asked me for my email and she sent me this and I was like, "Oh, absolutely. Like I'm in." But I I I don't think I'd emailed you yet. And if I remember correctly, I either got like the last spot or the second to last spot. Cause I had, oh, really, I got the email like early on and I told Meg, Oh, I'm absolutely in early. Well, but I, th- I don't think I had like committed. I think what happened was, I think she said, Oh, Alec, I think wants to play. I said, great. And I just didn't hear from you. Yes, so like, is, Alec, exactly is Alec playing? Yes. Or is he not playing? And, um, and that's so my you, fault. May, maybe you did, but I think early on she said that she thought you were in. I'm like, okay, well, I just oh, need yeah. a commitment. Cause it was kind of like, people were like, yeah, that sounds cool. And I'm like, well, I need a commitment because Again, we're planning a lot around this. Now, this was the first year. We just got the board here, so that's why I'm kind of like leaning. If I oh, so yeah, the voice no. goes off, but um, you're good. But the 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 idea, basically, question for you is: Would you be you'd be 100 percent in next year? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I would. I mean, I no, I like playing really any tournament. I mean, I have played you know individual stroke play. I've played scrambles. I've played different formats. I thought the format of this was was awesome i love everyone who's a golf fan loves the Ryder cup and okay. and and having that format is just was so exciting to like be a part of and and uh i i definitely am in for next year i think it could the potential for this event is is incredible i agree and that's is very it's incredible so we we've we've talked about um as mentioned this the forest yesterday and uh, <clears throat> we have a recap kind of show thing coming up but figuring out what is the best scenario for next year with the idea that we had this literally that this people that all the people that came was me and Meg compiling names and inviting people. So this was like a strict invitation. Like you were on like Mm -hmm. the initial list, like you were on our initial list to send and like, okay, this this person person would like, yeah, no, it was good. And, um, but it was the whole idea of we, we had people that, wanted to play that couldn't commit to that day but we're like man i really wish i could play in it then we had some people that were on the wait list to get in then we had people after the event was like taking place they're like oh i would have played in that i would love to play in that next year oh yeah so we probably have minus take the 16 people out 
I would say anywhere from five to 10 already interested in playing next year. So then we're like, well, do we expand the tournament out to, which we might do next year. And I got to check, but potentially expanding it out to 24 players like the Ryder Mm -hmm. Cup. But then we got to figure out, do we do the same exact format, but just add a couple matches on it? Add two two to the four ball, two to the foursome, and then another four to the singles, which I think is the most logical Mm -hmm. probably for next year. I definitely like the nine-hole format for each match, too. It was manageable, and it kept things kind of quick. It absolutely did. Um, Because we could do 18, but... We weren't really struck with slow play. I I think the, the mismanagement on sending people out right after us was a little tough toughy touchy there was but. there was a few things that we didn't like about the tournament and a couple things we but overall I, yeah. I thought the flow was really good i mean we, we, we got we, it done in ample time the crazy thing was we hit every single one of our time slots perfectly yeah, and was, literally the way because i took i mean i put time and effort into like figuring out logistically how long is it really going to take you know, kind of factoring in a bunch of things and like, okay, these seem like very logical times, but tea times. And we hit every single one. We actually started out this, uh, the singles matches. We started, I believe 10 minutes early. So we, st- we were supposed to start at one ten. We started at one. So we actually were going to like moving along pretty good. It was, it was a fantastic pace. I, and that was something I noticed throughout it as well. I mean, like after we were done the initial nine hole match, like the first four, the four ball, people got right into it with foursomes, like, you know, had a minute, Got right into it with foursomes, and then when foursomes was done, we even had time to eat. Yeah, before we started singles, and, and, and it were it was, it was going along so smoothly. So I think every year it's going to get better and better. And the one thing that we've talked about, and this is probably the thing that I will never change with this tournament, is the format. Because the problem is, if everybody's like, "Well, I want to play, I want to play," I'm like, "This format's not made to be inclusive. Meaning, it's not made Correct. to have a hundred people yeah, there. No, it's made that's, to have that's a what small scrambles group. are for. Exactly. I mean, every, we play." I played in seven scrim. I don't know, maybe not seven, but five or six this year. Mm-hmm. Typically, I'll I'll play in at you know a half dozen scrambles a year. They're a blast. I have fun. I go. I drink. I sh- you know smoke a cigar, listen to music, hang out with friends. I'm not there to win. I'm there to it's have a fun. Vibe, definitely. Yeah, it's a but vibe. But this tournament, when I was playing in a in a like when you're playing one on one with somebody, you're like no, I want to beat that guy. Exactly. So the like, competitive juices are flowing, and everybody did, felt it's, it. And it's I was like, great. that's what we wanted, and we were. We knew it could be cool. We knew we had that. We had the like the layout and the format, and we had we had the infrastructure set up to make this a really cool tournament. But obviously, it is elevated by the actual participants and the oh, fact yeah. that when we got there, people were like, and like our I'm team. I'll go. be honest, we were. I didn't talk to you as much because I didn't really know you as well. To be sure, fairly honest, but like I had individual conversations with Steve-O, Mike Rao, Jeff Stitt, Jared. So that's four. I'm five. But basically, you. Coda and Amel, I didn't really talk to as much. I played a lot of golf with Scott this year, um, or Coda. So, but then Amel, I've never played with, and you that one time. So, mm-hmm. but everybody else, I had like individual conversations with everybody. Now, obviously, like things didn't really shake out, but that's all right. That's that's part of the format. But um, everybody got into it. I mean, when I was talking oh, yeah. to people too, they were like they were strategizing. They were like, who do you want to play with? Like what? What are you comfortable playing with? Like, what type of player you're, you know? And it was good. It was kind of like a committee. I guess I was like captain, think, but it was a good committee group. It was, and I think and it was next a great, year will be better because I'll know more of the players, and it'll be like okay. We're I good. think it was a great introduction to new people too. I can't even tell you how many people I met that day. I mean, I had known I've known Jared for a little bit. I've yep. seen him, you know, in passing. Uh, I met Adam. You know, I met Joel, uh, Steve Lombard. Although I had seen him, I played with Mike Rowe as well, Jeff Stitt. 
you know, they were all Matt Craig, Forrest. They were all great. I mean, you, I got to know you better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, I, it, that environment was just so welcoming and so inviting. And I, I just, whoever, everyone that participated really getting into it, it was just such a fun environment to be a part of because yeah. there, there are definitely those, you know, I've been in tournaments where people just don't care and, 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 or, or they'll just, you know, just kind of, it kills the vibe if you will. Well, that was the other thing too, is we wanted people that would be competitive. And I think that the people that weren't as competitive as we'd look, there was only a few people I thought that weren't super competitive, but I think they were more competitive than they otherwise would have been. Cause everybody else, there were some people out there that were really competitive in a good oh, way. My, not like, Oh yeah. No, but, not but like, like I'm going to, yeah, not, not like getting pissed. The other person won, but just like, no, I really want, like I want to beat this person. Yeah. Like I, I lost I twice, win. but like no I want to win. No friends. Like, you outplayed no me. friends on the golf course. Yeah, Straight up. there no you go. So, golf course. so we were, we were uh, no, we had a good time. So I think um, we're definitely gonna do it next year. But I think the there were some crazy things that happened this year, just being year two that were like, whoa, this went from this little like we have a photo over there of I basically. Actually, I actually was curious to know who who came up with the idea of this format after because I I had watched the video for the first one, like or I had seen a pre- this format or just yeah, me who and came Matt up with that year? format? Yeah, me. You came up with that? Yeah, last year. Me and Matt literally were at breakfast, and we were we always joke like we had a running joke all year. We'd like do something stupid like ah for the kids, you know, like just like you know just <laughs> yeah. kind of like this running like idiot joke between two <laughs> two buddies, and like and then we're like, well, let's let's like maybe let's play golf and like raise some money, and we're just like, yeah, let's do it, and like on a whim, and like, well, how do we make it fair? And he goes, Matt's like, I suck. And I'm like, well, we can do handicap. I'm like, well, why don't we do this? Why don't I play with less clubs? Straight up, we'll play straight up, but only get That's three clubs. That was awesome, yeah. So what clubs and did you have? A three wood, eight iron, and sandwich. Great choice. And uh, what did you putt with the wedge? Sandwich. Oh yeah. I I can I can putt really wedge, well with the wedge. I cannot putt well with the wedge. Oh really? At all. I, I can't can do it. it. Well. I, I will always like push it to the right. I just sit there and I, I hold I it and I hover it, but I just basically you you just you hit just above the equator, so it's not bounce. It's I not find skipping, that but fascinating. You get, you get the roll. I find that so cool how people can do that. I remember watching Robert Streb on tour that way and get like five birdies on one nine yeah but anyway it's it's still yeah so it's doable so we we literally left campus corner shout out campus corner we left yes. campus corner came here got my equipment jordy was here working she used to work well up until like a couple months ago got jordy went out to the barracks did a that promo video you saw from last year was literally done like we came up with the idea like two hours before that not even an hour and a half before that went out shot it real quick we're back like 10 15 minutes came back here and that's all we did for this tournament if you can see in the, I think Matt's actually playing with my clubs. He didn't even have clubs. So I'm like, here, I got clubs. I'm like, let's just go do it. <laughs> and it was like going to rain that day. And we just ran out and did it really fast. And that was literally like an hour after we had no game plan. We're like, let's just play. We'll raise money. And then we're just like, we did this whole promo video and like put it out within like a day or two. And that was in two weeks. And we raised two grand this year. We raised five grand, which was incredible. Which was awesome. And awesome. So the format we knew as soon as we did it last year, we're like, this is fun. Like me and Matt, we had fun playing it but let's get a lot of our friends to do it because people were like, Oh, that's a cool idea. You know, whatever. And we were like, you know what? Let's let, it was fun last year, but with everybody there this year, it was, it was, Oh, it was a blast. 10 X as it like was, what we could have blast, ever expected sure. from last year. For and sure. I think next year we, we got to kind of figure it out, but the format will be the same. It's just some, like, I'm not going to change the format. It's just the amount of players. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it's going to get to the point where how do we pick, hypothetically the 24 players that play right and that's where we've talked about even to this like now do we do a play-in like Like do we do qualifier we do a qualifier like a month out that we people have to pay to play yeah but then that goes to the donation pool and then you play and the top 24 get in and maybe based on 
who finishes what, those are the captains or they, or maybe that's the order or maybe, you know, we figure out a way, maybe like player one goes on this team, player two there. And it's just I, like, we haven't really Odds figured evens, things like that. Yeah. So we have to figure out exactly how we, and we'll, we'll make a good decision. Oh yeah. We had a year to figure it out. Definitely. But we're probably going to start a little bit more, a little closer. We started at late August this year. We might start a little sooner next year just to get the ball rolling. Maybe start in July, like preliminarily getting some stuff lined up. And then really focusing on the donation aspect for about six weeks. Now, are you aiming to have the tournament around the same time next year, you think? Most you, likely. Most likely. We, we thought about, I've thought about putting in September. The problem is, typically with September, courses are a little bit busier. Um, we like the idea of October because really like people are starting to wind down. And mm-hmm. I think it's a fun way to end the season. I agree. Like I, th- that was the last round of golf I played. Now, same, tomorrow, I, yeah, same. Tomorrow's I supposed to be nice, but I, I won't have time to go play. But no. I've, I've thought about. I think we're winding down for the year. Yeah, I thought about sneaking out a couple times, just hit the range, just for just for an hour, just to like have fun and just hit. Oh yeah. So I might, I still might try to get out. Um, I honestly thought about doing it today. I just won't have enough time to go do it. But, um, we're just going out and like hitting an hour, just go hit for yeah. golf balls. So I might still do that. But to be honest, this tournament is going to grow to something really cool. And oh, we man. did a lot of things this year that will stick around for a length of time. So it's good. So we've, we're just going to keep building off like this year's success. So we have a lot of like core things that will be the same next year, which are like great. So now we can really fine tune the small details that we want to change or elevate, which would be good. Now, this is something I could see turning into something huge for that. I mean, if it eventually gets to that scale, that could really some community involvement i mean even gaining more sponsors things like that oh yeah this will be this will be a big tournament oh yeah and and just i even we saw that potential from the beginning i mean and even after just seeing the success and and seeing how much fun everybody had and and what it came to be seeing seeing that come to fruition and being a part of it was really cool i mean kind of being in on the ground level and just taking part of in the second edition of it if you will second but but i'd say this is like our first major wave so this is like the first group that we really got to play with like Forrest and Meg were involved last year's caddies, which was fun. But oh yeah, um, that you got to get people to do that. And, too. That, and that was a good and that was a good thing. And we thought about like, do you have people be caddy instead? Of, and like, you know, we kind of we get some parts like we got to kind of lose. Like that was more of like kind of a gimmicky thing, but that was kind of like a funny thing last year. I mean, like Forrest was actually helping Matt last year. Meg played just music and just like <laughs> was there for like a laugh or two, you know. So, but we had yeah. a good time with that. And I think this year, yeah, we really just wanted to focus on like you and a partner, like self, like coaching each other. But mm-hmm. you Which know, it's great. That's actually uh, one of the when I played with Joel, uh, he he told me from the beginning, you know, like I, I want some lessons. Like, see, tell me what you can. And yeah, I th- Joel was great. He was such oh, a he's nice, a great kid. Oh, yeah. he's so nice. Yeah, and it's for a second year player. I mean, he, he's definitely not far off from from having a nice motion. He has a nice oh, motion. Yeah. For sure. He just, it's just, it, it'll come. You got to remember that. For all the new new golfers out there, it will come if you stay with it. There's always going to be, one thing I've learned is if you can do one shot, if you can pull off a shot that you just, you never thought you could hit, the fact that you can pull it off, you can do it again. Yeah, you just capa- have to find it. You have the capacity. You definitely can do it again. And that, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Like, can I get to a certain level by next year? Yes. yes. I have, because I have 100%. the capacity. You've been there before, right? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Exactly. And, 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 so and actually, I think capacity. I'm smarter now and better physically now yeah so why can't you it's get just, past that it's just well it's just the consistency so mm-hmm. it's and i know it's there so next year i'm excited but we'll have to play like i, I would love to play there, play there i think there are a lot of great underrated courses around here i also think on the contrary some courses could be better what's your favorite course around here uh i say around far, here what's your favorite course i was about to say yeah how far are we gonna go it, however far you want to go 
Oh, I a, mean, a course that you could get to, a course that you could play today. Meaning that like I could you could drive today. today, play it, and come back. Honestly, without making this like a like a, a full day trip, but you without know I mean? a full day trip, like going up there, playing a casual round, I, I definitely have to say Malone. I, I, Malone. I like Malone East. Uh, I mean, I've I've played in the Masters North a couple times thanks to Willie, and I was there helping this year. Um, and seeing some of the guys that play in that too is always nice. I think Steve played in it, but I I love Malone. I I, I actually um, I'm friends with. Uh, I don't know if you knew the former GM there, Derek Sprague. If you you know told, him. I know of him. Yeah, yeah. I'm friends yeah, he's with his a big daughter. Now. But uh, yeah, no, definitely Malone. I love what it tests about you. I like, I like the track itself. I think it, everything about it is is nice. Definitely one of the better courses. Maybe, up maybe here. we'll go play Malone next year. I would love to do that. Go up and play. I would love to do that. Saranac Inn's another good one. I mean, uh, that's a close second. Craigwood Lake Placid Club. Man, there's so many. I played Lake Placid Club, the the links, the, and the, links. the mountains in the year. I've never played my life a Lake Placid course until this year, and I played. I played three of the four. The courses there, are, so yeah, you played those two, and then Links Mountain and Lake Placid Club. Lake Placid, but I didn't yeah. play Craigwood. You did not play Craigwood. No, Lake Placid Club. Really nice. I think my favorite out of the three. What's your favorite out of the three? I have one for sure. Out, so out of Lake Placid Club, I, it it out of Mountain and Links, I think. Well, I actually I had a good round on the Links when I played it. The one time I played it, I shot seventy eight there. But I I like Mountain just because of I Lynx is more open in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I like Mountain just because I am more used to it. But I think it's uh, I I like hilly courses. I also am a big fan of Tupper Lake. I like hilly okay. courses. I find that to be challenging, even if I shoot you know ninety eight to one hundred because that happens sometimes in time and, and you know that's okay. I tend to I tend to like those courses though. See, my favorite is the Lynx out of all of them. You like the Lynx? I actually like the Lynx and the Mountain. Lake Placid Club is really pretty. I thought it was pretty. It wasn't my favorite layout of a course. I, like, I, are you talking like so? For example, the first the first hole, you you drive way downhill, right? Like you you're right outside the clubhouse, and you're driving way like your drive is down the, the green's downhill. It's downhill to the left, and there's like a little pond on the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the mountain. No, no, no. So you're talking about mountain? Yeah. No, no, no. Yes, sorry. The mountain's from the clubhouse. I'm talking about Lake Placid Club. Wait. I'm lost. What? What's... Or Whiteface Lodge. Whiteface. That's another great Oh, course. that's the one I played. Whiteface So wait, is Lake gorgeous. Placid Club is the Lake same Lake Placid as Club is... The links is mountain? mountains and oh, lakes. Oh, my bad. See, this, I don't play this often. Those no, two. Fine. Those two. And Whiteface. Is Whiteface. Th- Whiteface is definitely a close second. I I have played there only once. It's the nicest one. I agree. I don't know if it's my favorite one though. I I I played there with Willie King and uh, the the pro there, I, Peter Martin, I believe it is. He uh, he he joined us for a few holes. That was a good time going there. Um, but I played the I played Lake Placid Club more. I'm more familiar with it. I did like the Lynx course though. I, I did it. It's it's an it's a fun track to play either side really. I say Lynx then Mountain and then I actually like both those courses more. Lake Placid Club was nice. You need to get on Craigwood for sure. Uh, we can go play Craigwood next year. Yeah, let's do Malone to... and Craigwood next year. Malone, Craigwood. I've never, I've never you played, played Saranac Inn. A long time ago, Saranac Inn is another good one. So Saranac Inn will play because me and Jared, not in this tournament, but in another tournament, we played two man scramble and won it. And we did, really, we literally played it. And we're like, oh, like whatever. Like we, I think it was like the Mission of Hope tournament or something. And it was we didn't realize Where was it barracks. We didn't realize barracks? it was two man scramble. We shot three under or four under as a team. With two guys. And that's we're not like, bad. And we thought there's no way we're winning because we're not that good. Like, God, we, we had a good day, but we're like, there's somebody that's going to shoot like six, seven under. 
and we won it. So we won four greens fees to Saranac Inn. So oh, yes. Ryan and Forrest were the other two. So yes. the four of us are going to go. That's so fantastic. Like, like, wait, we won this? Like, awesome. We just won four greens fees. Let's so, go. Yeah. Like, greens fees are a great gift, by the way, for the, anyone out there. The be- the best gift. Like, oh, yeah. when I go to a tournament or if I go to some charity raffle, I'm like, oh, you won four, like, four green space to like the bluff or something i'm like good with a cart let's go let's do it let's go weekend have you ever played the res up on the ginyanka no i haven't either but i've heard you know i've heard really good things really i I, i'd have to play i i haven't i haven't either i've not even been up there i just i've heard the the greens are are fantastic and i've heard plush fairways as well i would love to play that i want to play a saratoga national at some point and i've heard is it burlington country or north Champlain Valley, Champlain National over in Burlington is a really nice course. Never played I that. know what you're talking about vaguely. I've never played it either. I definitely feel like I've had friends that have played it. I have not played. I think I've played maybe one course over in Vermont. I think the Albany area has a lot of, de- of nice courses too to, for, for, uh, to play. I mean, I played a lot down there in college, and that was a lot of fun. My, my problem with nice courses is if I'm not playing well, Oh yeah, it's no. not as fun. It's not. It's like you're just you're there. You're not there so often. You're only there. You want to play well. You want to shoot your best. Well, it's like I would rather go play the barracks and just hack around and shoot a 92 than go to a nice course and shoot a 98 because I'm like, you I, know what? I'm missing the fun. I think in going back to the favorite course, I actually think if if you're gonna let me, uh, you know, radiate from the area a little bit, I'd have to say Highland Park in Queensbury. Never if, played if, it. Oh, that that course is so. That's actually um, Nick Dodd and Rob Knowles and I. We would um, for a couple of years. We would go. We'd play Highland, and then we would go to the Travelers Championship, which is a great event. It's in Hartford. Anyone, yeah, anyone local should go. It's a flagship event on tour. It's not too far of a drive. I highly recommend it. But that course is is great. Uh, it, that it's really run really well. I find that great. They have a lot of what's called Highland. Highland H I L A N D. There's H- no GH. That threw me off too. Oh. H I L A N D Park Country Club. Yes. Uh, they I think it's run very well. They really take, you know, tea time serious. Pace of play has always been good. So what, uh, what, I find it a fun track. What was your what was your thing about pace of play? So I I don't really have an issue with slow play. I understand like there's an issue with slow play on tour and, and you know, if if you follow golf, there's people that have issues with it. I think I definitely prefer playing fast. If you're playing slow, like that's totally fine. I think there's a, there's a limit as to how slow you should play. Personally, I mean, I don't think you need to be out there six hours for for a round. But that's just me. I mean, if that's how it goes, that's how it goes. That's totally fine. So, I I'm a I'm a pretty fast golfer. I I'm not like I'm not one of those golfers that I'm just like run through the course. Like no, me but, neither. But me if neither. You, if you were to say go out and play a round of golf, like I played. Four to I, five. I don't. I don't take a long time to hit a golf ball. Meaning, like I'll get up. I'll take a couple. Like I'll take a look. Maybe like one. Like not even a practice swing, but just kind of like you know. You know what I'm talking about. Like, just kind of like that smooth, yeah. like feel it out kind of thing. But I'm not the guys that get up and take like a full cut in the practice swing. I never do that. I kind of get up and I might just, and just take, kind of make a general motion. Yeah, general motion. Just kind of get the the yeah. you know the mo- like yeah. the body firing. Between that. I'm not. A, I don't take a lot of time on putts, like looking at putts. I mean, I think, I'll get up and I'll take a couple like mini practice swings to get the feel, and then I'll hit it. But honestly, with putting, it's. it's I find that so like if you think too much about putting, you're gonna put your. You're gonna. Oh, it's to yourself. I yeah. think. The, I think the less amount of time you take over a putt, I think the better. I read a lot of putts, not even crouching down. 
I crouch down sometimes, but a lot of times my last time I'll read it is I'll stand up and look at it because I'm putting. Have you ever up. seen that like aim point method that they do on tour? Some of these guys they'll like stand there and they'll they'll like put their hand up and they'll they'll use their fingers to like determine the slope of the green. I don't know how they really? do it. Adam Scott's done it, but uh, it's the guys that like hold the putter up like this too, which is supposed to be I guess which way you're tilting. But I'm like I don't know how that I, affects your. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I kind of I take strange. I take putting as a free. I kind of think of it as a free throw. Like I thought I look at look at the because with a free throw like in basketball it's the same thing. You know, two dribbles, look at the basket, and react. You don't really think about it. Whereas with the hole, uh, you know, when you're putting, you know, you, you obviously want to get a general line, but. What I like to do is I kind of like to let my body naturally align itself to the hole and then just look and react. I find that yeah. field putting is just way better than technical for me. Exactly. I'm a field putter. The only thing I try to do is I do put my putter slightly forward. Oh, I, yeah, the I, forward I, press, definitely. A, sl- a slight forward press, but I, I make sure that I'm keeping my motion smooth. Mm-hmm. Where I'm not like death gripping the putt, so I just want to see. Have I like have a, that issue. I definitely tend I, to do that. I'll well, tense up before a putt, and sometimes I'll hit it fat. It definitely happens. Yeah, and that's something I try, I try to get. Like I really try to keep my motion very just smooth, mm-hmm. and then try to play typically a little bit more break than I think, because most people miss low than high on putts. Yes, they do. Amateurs. So I'm always yes. like, if I'm gonna air, I'm gonna air on the high side. So at least I know if it's gonna break that way. I'm giving it enough to break, where if I under break, it's never going to go in. Like, I'd rather have it. I know it sounds crazy because you're missing both You're giving sides. yourself a chance. Do you, do you, exactly. When you, when you have a birdie putt, right? If you have I'm a never birdie going, putt, I'm not going short. You, you don't mind going short. No, no, no. I said I'm not going short. You're not going short. You no, always no, say, like, if you have a birdie putt, I'm, oh, yeah, that's I'm getting, getting to the hole. Like, that's if getting it, the hole if it goes short, it's not because I wimped out on the putt. It's just because I, like, misread I'm, it. I'm definitely tentative with that. Uh, sometimes I'll tell myself, oh, yeah, just get it there, but I'll definitely be easy with it and I'll be short five feet I'm and a, leave myself work for par. I'm a that's pretty happened. aggressive putter. Like, you're, I'm, you're gonna, that's a great way to be. You're probably going to see me go past the hole three, four feet more than I would be a hey, if, you're, if you're confident in the comebacker then there's nothing wrong with that I'm not saying I'm comfortable in that I just like I want to make sure I get it like I gotta at least give it a you shot gotta, of course because if you don't give it a shot you're literally you're wasting the stroke yeah and, and because uh, on that even as unlikely as it can be you never know you could drain a 90 foot putt you know it, it happens what, what's your uh, obviously you watch golf oh yeah definitely you know what I've been on a big kick lately and folks this is a golf podcast right now it doesn't like if you don't mind like golf then you're me and Jared talked two hours one time about golf. Burns. Jared is awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I played so, pickup basketball with him. He's a hooper for sure. So so we, uh, <laughs> I told him he's like Dwight Howard all shoulders. So we, we uh, no, but so for golf, I've been on a big kick Saturday mornings. My favorite thing to do Saturday mornings. I get up my son who's almost three years old. Lefty. I'll show you some of swings before we leave. Yes, the southpaw. We like Dude, lefties. Never talk, I'm, I'm right-handed. I literally gave him a right-handed club. He started swinging it left-handed. So I'm like, you know what? You're lefty. I bought him clubs. I bought him like legit, a, a legit three-set, a three-club Did he ever watch set. you swing? Because that's actually how Phil developed his swing, believe I, it or not. I did know that, but um, I think he's seen me swing, but I never taught him how to swing. It so is. he just picked up and just kind of did it because the thing is, between like watching people on golf, like he'll the throw... He'll step like when he was watching baseball. He would step, land, and he's got the natural and athleticism. He's got the natural, yes, yeah. and he's got coordination. And he, Galen, we're gonna we're gonna get this kid. He's gonna he, be a stud. We're gonna make kick, this kid a great. He kicks golfer. left hand. He, he kicks the soccer ball left footed like crazy. He's definitely a lefty. We love lefties. Um, we love lefties. So if he becomes a baseball pitcher, he's got a great left handed throw too. I'm like, kid, that will get you to college, man. Give, yes, get, get it like a 90 mile per hour left handed thrower. You could make the majors. So oh yeah. Um. So his swing is. Very good for a two-year-old that's using oversized clubs. So I'll show you a picture or a video I later. I would love to see that, but without a doubt. Saturday mornings, 
We wake up. Dad makes his French press. And we sit down. We play cars in the living room. And I put on European Tour Golf. I am such a European Tour Golf junkie. It is. I have become one myself this year. So... I like I'm I like I've gotten into it the last few last few times I popped it on and I'd never follow the schedule I just turn on golf channel I'm like I just pray there's a golf tournament and like yeah oh we're at the Scottish Open and I'm like yes let's go and some of these guys I don't even really know who they are right but you start like watching them and then you just start getting hooked like I don't know that guy's got a weird like Spanish name but I'm in or like there's there's a couple there there's a couple out there that you're that, following now yeah that, there's a few that I've kept an eye on over the years I tend to do that with basketball too but. There's a few I've kept an eye on uh, that are on the European tour now that are uh, quite the players. I remember when, uh, I don't know if you know who Matt Fitzpatrick is. Oh, Matty Fitz. Matty yeah. Fitz. I remember when he was in the British Open as an amateur, and then I, ever since then, he finished his low am. I remember following him uh, from there, and I remember watching him win the amateur, and he went to Northwestern, then dropped out to pursue a full-time amateur career, and then turned pro. And I just, I remember, it's so fun watching that journey come to fruition for different people. Well, I remember Rory as an amateur in the. US, I actually the British. My first exposure it was like seven, was when he because he had won the U.S. Open before I was really into into golf. I'd say my first real exposure to Rory was when he won at Kiowa Island, the PGA Championship. So the, that was when I really first saw Rory. Like, wow, like that, that dude's different. So Rory was a Irish golfer. Oh yeah, he's my age. So we we're both born in the same year. He's a little bit, he's a couple months older than me, and I was like. When he came out in like 07, I was like, I was a high schooler. I was like mm-hmm. big into golf. So all of a sudden you get this really good kid that's from Ireland. I'm like, that's my guy. Like, I'm like a big Irish guy. My grandfather's from Ireland. Sure. So I'm like, I'm in. So I was Northern following, Irishman. I was yes, following Rory like all the way through. 2011, congressional, I was Destroyed. there. I was there. You were there. Oh, yeah. And oh my when God. I say that I saw it, it was funny. If you go on USGA, I just watched this like three weeks ago. USGA.com, they have like these document like uh, documentaries of these tournaments. And they did one on Rory. And they go through all four rounds. And I remember I followed Rory all four rounds of that tournament. Now, granted, it's the US Open. There's a, especially Still. as the week went on, there's a gazillion people. This was months after he had to collapse at the Masters. And I believe that he set the record for this oh, low score for close. that tournament, right? He won by it. And I forgot how much he won by Because when you look at it, he had like a two or three stroke lead on day one. And oh, I don't, yeah. I think I he don't, won by like eight. Oh yeah. And I don't, like I don't remember. I just remember he was so dominant, but it wasn't until Friday that he really started to wa- run away with it. So we started watching it and I'm like, I, I remember that shot live. Like I literally remember there's one shot. I was like number seven or eight it was a par five and he hit it on in three and just was like, whoop, zipped it back to like a foot and tapped in. Oh, now this was after God. like, I think this was the same round that he eagled from the fairway. Because there's one, yeah, I rem- I, yeah, I know what shot you're talking about. It. And yeah. then like the next hole, yeah, yeah, that was like a hole or two before the one we, I saw him on. Because it was like there's a couple spots. It's tough. Like the golf courses are, are a lot of uh, obviously a lot of acreage. So if like he's on like hole six, for me to get over to six, like I might as well just wait for him to come on eight. You right. know, so like I said, yeah. like I saw, I probably saw in person twenty five to thirty percent of his shots in person, which is a lot considering you're playing seventy two holes. And on top of that, I mean, you have with a think- lot of people. Rory has a lot of power, right? He's a small guy. I mean, when you when you see him in person, when you see some of these people in person, you're just like, wow! Like, how do they? Yeah, he's generate probably that like much? five, like nine, five eight, five, five nine. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, well, you're pretty he's, tall. I'm 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 like six foot. Six yeah, foot he's shorter one, than you, but he, there. But like, he was kind of like chunky Rory back then. And now, yes, and then he yes, like, he was. And so then then what, he started to take it serious. When like, I saw as far him at Marion, 
two years later, he had really like gotten to fitness and he had slimmed down. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing him at Marion and he was That's 160 so pounds, 165 pounds, but thin as I saw Phil Dunkett on whatever hole. There was a hole Phil dunked it from the fairway. Yeah, no, I, I, that I know that shot too. It was yeah. a short part four, and I just remember Phil yeah, from like fifty little, yards little, or something, just little dunk wedge. Yep, just dunk, dunk, and it was like that, that was pretty. Yes. And the uh, the baskets for the holes, they had flag sticks, they had the baskets. Yes, which is that's, crazy. I think that's one of the coolest things. The, about Mary. the only thing that let me down that whole tournament was the fact Justin Rose won. Not that I hate him by any means; he's just not a golfer I root for. I I I get that. I mean, like, how did like, you feel when he won the gold medal? Didn't care. Then I get it. I get like, it. I like, we all have those players. Phil won a ball straw. Don't I'm a Phil dude. Phil won a ball straw. Yeah. I'm in. Left, Tiger won. Love I'm in. Yeah. Freaking uh, Rory won. I'm in. Like Ricky Fowler's my guy. I like Ricky. Ricky's my guy. Ricky's one. If you had to pick, like, what player do you has never won that you want to win? It's Ricky. Ricky, definitely. Now, I won't. I won't lie. The U.S. Open this year, I was rooting hard for Bryson over the weekend, and most people shit on Bryson, and I get it. But well, he, now he now he does a lot of it to himself too. I mean, he does, but at the same time, you cannot ignore what he's doing. What's and your what thoughts on him? So, all right. So, I th- I remember seeing Bryson in at Oakmont actually, um, and I remember seeing him, and I, I was like, wow, like, you know, he, he looked bigger on TV. But this is before he was he had bulked up, and I just remember watching his swing on the range, and I, I remember just watching him at f- like it was like a five iron, just like automatic every time, and I think. What he's doing now, I think it's an advantage for him because he he said he was going to do something. He said before COVID happened during this offseason, you know, I'm going to come back. I'm going to be completely different. And this is what I'm going to do. And for him to actually go out and do that and and show what sheer domination he can bring to the table, I think it's I think it's fantastic. I mean that the, people will remember that U.S. Open win for that reason. So because he he just ripped the course apart with his distance. So the thing was, I, I have. Okay, so first off, did you see did you see his quote about the Masters? How he's going to use like a forty, or how he's going to take like a thousand to two thousand swings with a driver, or how he's going to use like a forty eight inch driver. Well, or something well I know like he that. was testing a forty uh, inch driver, which is the max. That's the yeah. that's USGA max. But is it? Wow, I didn't forty eight inches. Yep, you can't go. That's any what longer. those long drivers use. Yep, you can't. Those go, guys you can't go any longer than that. Um, Kyle Berkshire, you follow him? Oh my him? god. <laughs> to be so able to I, hit the ball as far as him, man. He's impressive. I mean, he's a young kid. He's not that old. He's, I think he's like he's younger than me. I'm pretty sure. I, I used to say he's probably your age, yeah. Max. Oh yeah, no, he. Oh god, he can hit. I mean, to hit a, hits a 400 plus easy. Carries like, at 390. Easy. I yeah. mean, to hit it, to hit it like a putter, or no, he can hit a putter super far. He can hit like a wedge, like it's 220. Insane. I kind of watch him because I'm like, he's impressive. But Bryson. Um, he said going into the Masters, he's going to be ten to fifteen pounds heavier than he was at the U.S. Open. I I feel like and when you get to a certain point, though, how are you able to get like flexibility and rotation required for a swing? But but if you're but the thing is, if you're a professional golfer, you wake up, live, breathe, and that's all you do. Yeah. He's got no wife, he's got no kids. Like he's literally just laser focused. He's chilling. He's he's getting up every single day to be the best player in the world. If Which he's working he out, do. he's not just like gaining muscle to gain muscle. Like he's gaining yeah. muscle by For doing motions that are going to affect the golf swing. So when you say like, he's going to gain 10 to 15 pounds, he's going to be bulky. Hell yes. Is he going to look absolutely a goofy as all can be? Is he going to look like a freaking like muscle head out there? Yes. But he's going to be driving the ball 380 most likely. Oh yeah. And think of uh 13 at Augusta, that par five to the left. My, my thought with Bryson right now going into Augusta, 
If you ask me Bryson or the field, I would take Bryson. I think Bryson is going to win by more strokes than he went to the U.S. Open. I could be totally wrong on that. I love that take. That is such a hot take. I love it. I, I absolutely I, love it. If you had to ask me right now, barring he's not injured, anything like that, like every like you know normal thing, he, he participates. Bryson, in my opinion, potentially could have the lowest Masters total ever, depending on the course sets up. But I think he could have one of the largest margins of victory ever. Was Tigers the largest at the time? Yes, it was twelve. He strokes. won by twelve in in ninety-seven. I, I think you're going to see a ten-stroke victory. I now, could be totally wrong. Do you think he's going to get how low? You think he's going to go? Do you think? He, do you think he could hit twenty under par? No one's ever done that. There. Well, it dep- depends on how the course sets up. If, Zach Johnson won in what, 07 at one over. Really? Wow. One over. I know stats. I knew these old school I things. knew I knew he won. But Zach Johnson, two-time major champ. Oh, yes, sir. I remember when he won the Open at Andrews. I know some yeah. facts. Fun yeah. fact. I actually, uh, in, in college, one of my research projects over the summer was my, uh, my professor. Or not my professor. He was an advisor of mine at the time. He wanted to write like a golf-like history reference book. So I had to go through... We made a little template, and I went through starting back from like the early days, like the first old Tom Morris and those guys. Old Tom Morris, like went through. We we listed like you know the major champions or the majors at that time, where they played, the amateur champions, things like that. Learned a lot a lot about some some interesting players. Like I find the story of uh, greatest game ever played. You seen that movie? Yeah. Oh yeah. I find Francis that story. France we met. That's that's just I find that story fascinating. That's one of the greatest golf movies of all time. Oh yeah, I agree. That like Tin Cup. That Happy Gilmore. <laughs> well, well, Happy Gilmore. I've seen more than any movie on earth. But um, Tin Cup or not Tin Cup. Um, greatest game ever played. And my other favorite, which I think is my all-time favorite golf movie, Legend of Bagger. Legend Vance. of Bagger Vance by far. That is a great movie. It's very similar to the Greatest Game Ever Played. Same. Co- it, it is same, same style. time frame too. And yeah. it's kind of a weird like mind trip movie a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that is one of my all-time favorite movies. It's to, a great to movie. To be honest, I'm actually going to I'm gonna rent it. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, why not? Because I, I just, like, I've been talking about it. That might be a weekend movie this week of, for me. Why not? It's I love when, the, like, just when, when movies like that just come on and, hey, yeah, let's, like, let's watch this. Why not? Matt Damon, Will Smith, like, yes. Uh, of course. So, um, so my, I don't know how low Bryson will go. So, 20 under, yes, if the course is scorable at that level. That's why I don't want to say, like, that much, but he shot 600 at Wingfoot. Only player under par. Like, mm-hmm. so I look at something like that. Like, hypothetically, if everybody's kind of bunched around that 8, 9, 10, 11 under par, which is historically kind of where the yeah, Masters finishes, that's usually the average. could he get the 20? Yes. And the reason, this is my reason on this, number 2, number 13, number 15, and number 8. Sorry, I forgot 8. You have four par 5s at Augusta National. All four of those are easily reachable in 2. Oh yeah, For he's normal, gonna have he's gonna have wedges in. He'll have wedges in every single one. He's gonna hit eights downhill, not or twos downhill. Eight funnels down. Eight is one of the easiest. The Thirteen is easy. Fifteen is easy. For if he drives it where he drives it, Augusta National is not that tight of a course. No. So I see. I see what you. I see what you mean. So if he hypothetically, how many eagles is he gonna? He's gonna play sixteen par fives. I would say he's going to eagle two of them at least, maybe three. I'd give him more, I, and, I, and maybe more. And I'm, I'm erring on the caution. Of course, so, yeah. So that so say he goes four to six under par in eagles, then you're talking okay. Even just with that hypothetical, he plays another twelve times. Does he go on those other twelve holes eight to ten under, on the par fives? So then you take eight to nine under on the par fives mm-hmm. plus at plus his that, eagles. He might be twelve under to thirteen under just the par fives. Then you go on. How is he going to shoot the rest of the week? 
Yes, is he going to bogey some holes? 100%. How many of those par fours, though, is he going to be hitting a wedge in that most guys are hitting eight iron in? Nine irons, seven irons. A like, lot of them, especially if he plays. Number it, right? 11, like he just bomb it around the, down around the corner. Number 10, bomb it down, and guys are hitting five iron, or you know maybe seven or six irons, and he's flipping up a nine iron. And he's gonna hit. He's gonna hit his nine iron to like fifteen feet. The other thing is, he's a really good putter. He is. He's, I, he's one of the I best thought, putters. Oh, on t- God, I think on his tour. putting looks so ugly. It's ugly. It's so it, 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 it works. It works. And at the end of the day, works. they don't ask how. They ask how many. Like exactly. Here's here's why I think your your hot take has some validity because I think one of the biggest things for major champions is they have to learn how to close. I can't tell you how many tournaments I've watched where someone's had. The, I mean, look at Phil for example. Mm-hmm. No no disrespect, to Phil. Like six time runner up in the U.S. Open. Yeah. He definitely should have had it. I mean, if you if you figure out how to close a tournament like that, which Bryson's now done, I mean, he closed out regular tournaments, he closed out majors, that gives him that much more of an advantage. So that's why I think And, and he didn't limp possible. into the, the No. Like he finished the he, bir- he, he just he he went full go from start to finish, and that's how you have to do it. You can't let up. Especially on a course at like Augusta, which one thing I'm very curious to see is I'm very curious to see the firmness of the greens because they're known for their fast greens. I'm curious to see how they play in the fall. But are they faster than Wingfoot? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. I, I really, but I would love at, to know what the stems are. Look at how many times on Wingfoot did you see just people putt and they go like off oh the green? Oh my God, the greens you are don't, absurd. You don't see that at the Masters. No, that's true. You so I think don't. the US Open is way more bizarre. The greens are, I mean, the fact that guys were chipping up there to get the putt down there. I mean, there's a couple holes on Augusta. You have to do something like that, but it's very, like 16 where Tiger chipped in that one year is probably mm-hmm. the most severe pitch it back and let it come down. You. There were multiple times people were doing that all over Wingfoot. There's one shot that comes to mind when you say that, actually. I forget who it was, but they were uh, they were hitting out of a bunker, and they were literally lined up 90 degrees like away from the flag. At Wingfoot? Yeah, at, at Wingfoot. And they had to, mm-hmm. they splashed it out. It actually might have been Hideki Matsuyama. I think a couple people made this play, too. But they splashed it out, and it, there was like a, it landed probably 25 feet away, but it, it hit the slope and just rolled down to like tap in range and Rather than just going right at the flag, that's obviously the play. Well, what's his? Yeah, you just said it, Matsuyama or whatever. He hit the putt. He, he had one. He was a straight up chip to the hole, and he hit it twenty feet past the chip. Or yeah, maybe thirty, and had yeah. it roll back down into the cup. Yeah, like oh yeah, that's it. You're yeah, right. You, you would you're think right. like as a player playing that course, you're like, well, it's a straight up. Why don't you just hit it low and let it run up? And he's like, no, I'm going to pitch it off the back with spin and just let it coast down like a putt. And it went in the hole. And obvious, and honestly, if it didn't go in the hole, he's going to be within three feet. Oh yeah, because it's it, it kind of like it was kind of like a funnel there. Have yeah. you actually paid attention to like the undulation of these, like say for example, like at any of the major championships you've been to, any of the events you've been to, if you're ever, you know, walking across the fairway where they'll let spectators mm-hmm. go, or have you ever actually taken, taken a second and looked at the green, like from when you're on the fairway? Oh yeah. It's so different. It's like, it's so different from what you're used to. The undulations are ridiculous. The, the, the grass is obviously different. The, the terms they have for grass, like uh, Bermuda grass or bet grass greens. And, I, I, yeah. I, I, I wish I understood those more, but I mean, those those greens look intimidating from the fairway for even a decent player. I mean, for them to, to oh. really just be able to 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 carve whatever shot they want into playing those greens is amazing. I always find greens with like false fronts are challenging too. Oh, you yeah. know, like if they'll 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 land it at the cup and they'll spin it back, but it'll hit a false front and it'll end up down twenty feet off the green. I I I just think I think Bryson's running away with the Masters. Do you think he, I, I loved I, that? Is a I, hot take. I, and like, I love you it. Would ha, you would be have to. It's not even. I'm like. I'm like very. Now, granted, could he go just go play bad and just doesn't have it that week? A hundred percent. I think the chance that he. I think the chance that he runs away with it. It's better than the chance that he's not even in contention. 
I would agree. He was in contention, if you remember, when he was an M. Uh, he actually... Last year, he was a top... Uh, he was top 10 last year, I think. He, no, it was last year. And when... I forget. Because I remember he was in contention, not late in the tournament, but if I remember correctly, he was in contention for a little bit the first couple of days when he played it as an amateur. He could have been. I and think last year he was on the front page he, of the leaderboard. Like I mean, first page or whatever. I think, I think the resume he brings, too. I mean, he's one of the first to win the USAM... I mean, he's one of a few, actually. The USM, the US Open, and, the Walker and like Cup. the NCAA championship. Oh, was or it that one? Like that. I think he won a Walker Cup, too. Oh, yeah. Which is like the amateur the Ryder amateur Cup. The amateur Ryder Cup. I, I think, um, yeah, I, I think I think he's going to run away with it. Where if you told me, could he win by 10 strokes, I would say yes. Like, if there's I, a bet. I, I could, I mean, if, if, I don't if know he's playing his absolute best and he's not missing. I could see that. I mean, there are, there are but, there are a couple players out there who I think if they're playing their best, they can't be touched. Specifically, DJ or Rory or Justin Thomas. But at the same time, like Bryson's te- his potential is like oozing. You can see it. I think the only players on tour that if they're playing lights out can't be touched is Dustin Johnson and Rory. Dustin Johnson and Rory are the only two. I think Justin Thomas can play really well. Can still be. Justin Thomas played lights out in the tournament pa- this past year, and Colin Morikawa beat him in the playoff. That's true. And Dustin, and did you see the end of that tournament? With, um, oh my! Gosh. Oh yeah, when Justin Thomas made the long putt, he made like a fifty footer, and then, then Morikawa made like a twenty five footer. And speaking of Morikawa, that's another one. He's he's he, he's fun to watch. Yeah, his swing's good, but the thing is, he's not a long hitter. Nothing against him. Obviously, he won a major. Like yeah, but. When you look at something like Bryson was on the leaderboard, and, and I'm not saying Bryson's going to win every week, but Bryson is going to get, he's going to be like anybody else. He's, he's going to have an gonna, off week. He's but, one of those names. He'll always be. He'll always be in the top topic of conversation when it comes to wins. Bryson will be in the. If he doesn't win, like I think he's going to win, Bryson will be in the last like three to four groups of the tournament. You know, but easy, or maybe last five. So he'll be in the top ten. I really think that Saturday and Sunday he's in the final group, and I think Sunday. He goes to the tee with like a six or seven stroke lead. I really do. And I think he's going to end up going out and shooting like a 66 on the final day or something. Now, let me ask you this. We talked earlier about like kind of the mental side of it. Like what, trying not to think too hard about things, like trying not to be too technical. What do you think of his meticulous approach in particular? It's, I'm a, I'm like a weird hybrid. I'm, if you say, are you more of a feel or more of like a, like I would say, Bryson Chambeau is definitely more scientific. Dustin Johnson's all feel. Yeah. Like just like, yeah. and, and now I've heard Dustin Johnson talk. He does. He doesn't sound very bright, but when he talks, I've heard him talk about the golf swing on like YouTube. I watch like a video, and he knows what he's talking about. He doesn't sound the most articulate, but he he definitely like he he's yeah. not a dumb guy. Like he no. knows. Obviously, you're not dumb if you're on the PJ Tour, but Dustin Johnson is way more of a feel player. Mm-hmm. Where I think I think Tiger is more of a feel player. I think Phil is more of a t- uh, uh, scientific guy. And I think, like, obviously Phil's got a lot of feel. Sure. And he does a lot of creativity. But I think Tagger's always... Like, Around the greens, prime Phil. Yeah, Tagger's always like, you know, I don't really pick a spot. I just kind of, like, I see the shot and I just kind of, like, the whole thing just merges and I just kind of hit it. And then, like, and then, like, putting. Like, I, put, I putt to a picture. Like, he's always, like, he's a very visual guy. Mm-hmm. He's a lot of feel and stuff. And Bryson, like, I... What Bryson's doing, I would not get to that level. But I'm also not as carefree as Dustin, where I'm more, when I'm swinging, I definitely have thoughts in my head. And when I'm thinking about stuff, I have thoughts. And like when I was getting new clubs this year, like I, I did a lot of research on the tech, on the, the technology aspect of clubs and 
what actually mattered and what didn't matter and like getting my wedges, man, I know a lot about wedges now. I know a lot about grinds. I know a lot about lofts and bounce and everything else, mm-hmm. which I didn't know when I was playing back in the day. I was just like, Oh, I got a wedge. Like, great. This is yeah, good. But then like, I didn't realize like this, what's, uh, this 52 out of the sand. Like, why not? Yeah, but because it's got people, more loft, I'll hit it farther. Instead of the 60, use the 52, why not? Or the idea of like, okay, it's it's 52, but it's got, you know, 8 degrees of bounce versus my sandwich. That's was the has, exact specs of my 52-degree wedge. Your 52? Exact specs, 8 degrees of bounce. Do you, do you play Volkies? I have, so I have, a, I have a really mixed bag, believe it or not. Okay. I have like, all right, so all my wedges are different. I have, so I have a 52-degree Volky. I have a 56-degree, I do have a Volky, but it's in my brother's bag at the moment. He doesn't really play. So I have a 52-degree Vokey, I have a 56-degree TaylorMade, and I have a 60-degree Cleveland. Uh, my irons are Ping I-20s. My, I have a Ping I-20 Hybrid. I have a Tor Exotics 3-wood, and I have a Titleist Driver. Titleist Driver? Tor Exotic 3-wood? Uh, or Tor Exotics. No, you're right, yeah. Is it Tor Exotics? I Tor Exotics, so. yeah. That that 3-wood, oh my God, absolute butter. I I had a I had a Rocket Balls before, the white head, and, and that was great, but... I don't know, something about it. You know what I think is a big part of clubs too? I don't know if you feel this way, but I think a big thing with clubs that you pick is it has to be visually appealing as you address the ball. That's one of the main things. Yeah, it has to be visually appealing. Like the white head just didn't do it for me after a while. So funny you say that. So I have um, the one up until this year, I had a 60 degree wedge, um, Mizuno. Mm -hmm. I had a 56 degree Mizuno and I had a 52 Volky. And... What always screwed me up was my go-tos were my 56 and 60. I very rarely hit my 52, Vokey. I would hit it on full full shots when I needed the gap in my back. Right, yeah. But researching clubs, what, the one thing I knew is I wanted all the same clubs. Because I wanted no matter what, I put the same club down. I want the same wedge down every single time. To the point where I almost contemplated getting, changing up my pitching wedge for a Vokey. Because pitching wedges can go up to 46 degrees, the Vokies. Yes. So, I don't. So my irons are also Mizuno. So what happened was this year. Oh God, I'm excited to see him now. <laughs> yeah, I'll show him to you before before this is done. So or after this is done. So yeah. basically, up until this this year, I had a ping, uh, not ping, um, an Odyssey number two putter that I've had since I was 14. Was it the um, was it the two ball? Nope, nope. It was not it, the nope, two it ball. Was, it was just the, straight the straight blade. blade. They call blade. Yep. Yeah. So okay. I had the number two. Got that when I was like 14. Um, 50, 35 degree length, way too long, but I've been playing with it since the junior, same thing. I just never changed it. Sure. Wedges, 60, 56, Mizuno, 52 degree Vokey, pitching wedge through three iron Mizuno, um, I bought them in like 2011. I don't even know what the M3, M53, MP, MP53 maybe. MP, it's, it's something in there. Yeah. The MP something. I, so I definitely am familiar. It, it's those muscle yeah, back. Yeah. And then I had a three wood. That was a Cleveland and um, a driver that was a Cleveland. Never a real big fan of either. For whatever reason, I bought them. I don't know. But long story short, this year, I'm like, listen, I can't hit a four iron and I can't hit a three iron. If I'm to hit them, they're these low piercing shots that are high enough. They're off tough. To grow, long grow, irons are so hard. But I'll never hit. hit them high enough to sit on like the land. So I was like, listen, I need to get hybrids. So my, my big thing this year is I want to get new wedges. And then I'm like, well, maybe I'll get hybrids. So I bought... Three Vokies. But then I was researching that. I researched so much out of these wedges. And they said the number one problem that people have with wedges. What would be your guess? When picking out a wedge, what is the most important thing about picking out a wedge? Uh, I think 
I, I, I would not have guessed this. Oh, honestly, I don't know if I had to guess the most important thing. You would think it's not that significant, as significant. As I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the grind, like the. I'm gonna say like the shape of the grind. Okay, I would have said the same thing. My idea was basically you have the grind, you have the bounce, you have the loft, loft yep, and that's pretty much it in a wedge. You know, those mm-hmm. are your three main ones. Volky, who the guy, Bob Volky, the guy that came with the wedges, the number one thing: bounce, grind, or loft. He said is loft. And I never would have guessed that because he said the problem with loft. I know this is crazy. He said the problem with amateurs is they have too many gaps in their bag. So I was researching this. I'm like, what are you talking about? So I played a 52, a 56, and a 60. They're four degrees apart. Problem was my pitching wedge is a 46. So you have that. So six, I that's exactly s- what I have right now. <laughs> yeah. So I have a six degree gap in separation there, and then I go down to a 56, and then down to a 60. And he goes, the problem is, he goes, if you have a 56, he goes, go back, go up to a 50, a 54, and a 58. And that was like crazy in my mind because I've always played a 56 with a sand wedge, 60 was a lob wedge. And that, and then the gap wedge I bought in high school. And after he said that, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to this guy. He knows way more than I do. So I bought a 50, a 56, a 50, no, sorry, 50, a 54, and a 58. So all my clubs now are four degrees off. Perfect. Um, I researched the grinds. I researched the bounce. So my 52 has an eight degree bounce. My six, my 58 has an eight degree bounce. My 56 has a 10 degree bounce. I, my old wedge had like a 13 degree bounce. So the bounce really skips through the ground. So when we're playing on wet surfaces, you're you're not going to dig in as wet surfaces and traps. Yeah. So my actual go-to club to get out of bunkers is my 58, even though it only has this year, was because the bunkers around here were terrible this year. Oh, they were yeah. so hard that I was going with my 56. It's, like, it's not even sand. It's like dirt. Well, I'd turn it down, get the bounce working, but I would also just like try to really dive into it with that. Now, normal years, the sand's a little fluffier. I would take my 56, open it up, and get more of the bounce. But I like learned all this stuff. And they have grinds, but if you really look, there was a good chart they had that they showed all the wedges in length, like uh, 52, whatever uh, degrees they made them, and had all the options you could get in like a 50 all the degrees of the bounce or uh, the grind. And that really allowed you to kind of pinpoint because not get too caught up. Like a 52 is only going to have two different grind types. So it's really easy. It's an F grind. Like it's a full grind. Like you're going to be able to figure it out. So I did a ton of research on this, which is what opened my eyes to like. So what kind of grinds did you end up getting? So the 50, the 50 is an F grind. The sand wedge is an S grind. Mm-hmm. Um, which is still kind of a straight on shot, but you know, you can a little more versatile, versatile. The 58 is an M grind, which is made more for open kind of shots. So when you open up bunker play or, you know, obviously like you're better off opening up wedges and keeping them square. Like you want to use the bounce and you want to get that right. loft. Absolutely, That's why we yeah. can never stop the ball. Cause if you look at pros where we open the club versus where pros open the club, they open it up way more mm-hmm. and we don't notice that, but they come in it, like that helps the spin. And I think cause the greens here, uh, you know, they're so slow. You're not really going to be able to get it to bite. I mean, I've, I've, yeah. gotten it hap- I've had it happen sometimes, but like haven't, you can't, it's you not can't hit a ball here. Right. Yeah. You can't hit a ball here where it's just going to pull it- back. And now speaking of the grinds too, is it the K grind that's like the most forgiving? Yes. I didn't get that, but yes. The, I, I, I don't understand that either. I know Ping released a set of irons a while back that were like, I, I think they were like the K, like Ping Ks or something. They were just really fat soles. Yeah. And super forgiving. 
Uh, so that's, I guess that's my so the connection fat, there. The fat sole, from my understanding, is because it doesn't dig into the ground. Right. It's like a super so game, game improvement. Like game improvement. It's like yeah. super forgiving. So and, it's and, really, if you're not good, you get the bigger club yeah, because yeah. it's more forgiving. Yeah. If you're a better player, that's why pros can use like the blades because they're so precise and they have the club head speed and they have the consistency of hitting it where that allows them to work the ball. Muscle back is like that middle ground. Like you and I, well, definitely you. Me, when I was playing a lot, the muscle backs were good because they would allow me to get the ball up a little bit better, but I could still have a little bit of workability. Exactly. It gives you a nice balance. It's really so, hard with like with, with the, the, the pings I have now. I've had them for like eight years. Do I you think. like the pings? I, I do. I am I'm personally have been looking to do something different. I actually ordered a set of Mizunos, but I didn't like them uh, slash could not hit them, so I got rid of them. But uh, I do like the pings. I am looking to do something different just because I've had them for so long. But as far as like with those clubs, they've been as forgiving and as playable as I could ask for them to be. So, yeah. So the, I love wedges. So the wedges game is one of my favorite things. Like I love hitting wedges. I have. I wish I was like a wedge aficionado. Like what you, you people can do with wedges. That's that's six. That's more than half the game right there too. If you think well, about chipping, it. to me is the most fun in golf. Chipping creative. is really cool. Yeah. It, it it is very creative. I've definitely taken chip chipping for granted, and I've definitely not taken it as serious at times. Like I've definitely used it as all right. Like like let's just chip it close rather than all right. Well, how can I really like use the slope here? Oh yeah, and, or and how can I potentially hold this? Well, so you have a, and you have a hybrid. I do have a hybrid. Yes. So I t- I took the big thing this year was like again my three and four. I'm like eh. I'm going to get a three hybrid this Good year. Good call. Getting three hybrid. So my thing was, I'm going to get my wedges, and I'm, I got to get three hybrid. And there was too many times where, like, take, like, number 12 at, at Bluff. Like, I couldn't, my three iron couldn't reach it. Like, I, oh, I, could, I, could, I could hit it off the. That is one of my, like, I shake on that tee box because if I, I have a tendency to miss left. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. If you, hit, if you miss left. I always yeah. start over the right bunker and because my natural shots, if I hit it correctly, my natural shots a draw. Um, and obviously I don't want to hit into the trees. So like, but that one, I can't get there. My three wood, what I started to do this year up until I got my hybrid was I would choke down on my three wood and it would just swing all out. I would swing it normal knowing that I'm probably never going to hit the green, but I would be able at least to get up around the green or go over it. I Meaning, and not like, it's not like into the road, but like I, worst case, I might roll up to the, the, the cart path, which I obviously don't want to be like chipping downhill but my other option is a three iron that i'm even if i hit it well i'm barely getting over the mm-hmm. ditch and you're kind of down in that front collection area so i'm like there's no trouble long unless you like hit it into unless the rope. you absolutely rope it yeah. and I, I would never hit the ball 20 yards too long in that hole because I, I don't have the, the length so yeah, i think the only way that would happen for anyone is if they had because they went too. for it it is uphill and yeah. if, if they went for it and they somehow just got a wicked bounce off the cart path i think that's the only it, way that, and that, that exactly so but then I ended up getting some, I'm going to get three hybrid. And I found out, have you ever heard of threeballs.com? Threeballs.com. It's a used club site. I can't say I have. Okay. I'll show you my clubs. Now, granted, I played with them this year. Still. My wedges are brand new. I bought them brand new. My three hybrid, I bought used. No, sorry. I bought my three hybrid new. Now looking at it, I wish I didn't buy it. I wish I would have bought it used because I it's not my favorite looking club, but it's fine. And my thing was, I'm getting all TaylorMade. I used to play a TaylorMade driver. Taylor I loved made it. Team. Loved it. And then I got away from it. And then to this day, I was like, I just have never felt a club as good as my, the old 580 XD was my thing back in the day. The R5. Uh, the R5. Um, the R5. No, See, no, no, no. 
It was the R five eighty XD. R five eighty XD. This was before they came out the R five, R seven, all those. Because I definitely, R9. I definitely remember the R seven. I I, I gamed the R nine for a little while. Yeah, though that's. Uh, it was like a black head had a silver on the back. Had kind of like this weird like little bubble thing on the back. It was a f- fantastic club, and I loved it. it was my favorite driver of all time. So I was like, I, I, no matter what, I'm getting a uh, a TaylorMade. There was no questions asked. Like, and usually I try to get fitted, but I'm an impulse shopper, and I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm just gonna get it. Whatever. So, long story short, did some research. So I bought the three wood, and I'm like, well, maybe I should get the four hybrid too. So I'm like, you know, four like a four iron, I could hit it well, but it's still not going to land. So I ended up buying a four hybrid, but I bought it off the used site, so it comes in and they have different scales of what it's going to be like. And I think they called it like awesome or something. Like there's it's, like it's there's like new, it's like, like fair, new, fair, yes. good. Uh, bargains are lowest very one good bargain yeah, yeah so this yeah, was yeah. like this was like awesome or whatever so i'm like okay great get it like you could tell it had been hit but it looked like it had been hit off like an astral turf mat like barely any real damage pretty That's low key steal. that is a steal and i got this thing it was the gapper the gapper high so the taylor made gapper g-a-p-r i'll show it to you you'll recognize it if you see it it's just relatively new yeah it lasts like two years really yeah I've never heard of that. Yeah, so they have the gapper low, mid, and high. So the high is like a traditional iron, or uh, uh, three wood. Or not three wood, hybrid, sorry. And so I got that. Now, the hard part is I got stiff shafts on them because my swing speed, if I'm swinging correctly, I can get my swing You got to be like 105, 110. Yeah, I'm definitely there. And my, my swing speed with a driver, consistently, if I was to swing it, because I bought a little thing to measure my swing speed this year, Consistently, I can probably swing between 108 and like 113. Yeah, so that like, sounds that sounds right. Yeah, so that's that's kind of where I was at. So I'm like the the, the stiff shafts make sense. Mm-hmm. You could honestly even probably go extra for those, believe it or not. Yeah, I think that would have been a little crazy. But if I'm swinging well and I'm hitting them well, they, they just take off and it's perfect. So and that's that's all you can ask for. So the so I bought I bought that one. So then I'm like I'm getting the R, I'm getting the M5 and the M5 wood and driver. And you could do the adjustable weights. I don't really know much about it, but whatever. Screw it. Nor do I. And I've done a lot of research, a lot of research on them. And even the research on the sleeve, how to twist the sleeve. Because I've never had an adjustable weight club ever in my life. Like I, I got out of golf for almost 10 years. So now like all this new technology is like blowing my mind. Like, geez, they have all these like crazy things. Even, even someone who's followed it, not, I mean, one of my buddies from the golf shop follows equipment really closely, but I... What they come up with, like one thing that really caught my attention was when TaylorMade came out with the twist face technology yeah, a little bit ago. Yeah, my clubs. Yeah, that, I mean, like just what they're able to come up with. Have you ever hit a set from like back in the day? Like, oh, you, well, you, yeah, I used to play, t- all my clubs were TaylorMade back in the day. I'm saying school. even like before then. The burners I, and stuff? Before then. I mean, I'm saying like the, 80s, like. No, not back then. I See, I've tried to hit, Willie had some old clubs in his in his shop and I remember that he had an old set of McGregor irons. And there was a one iron that I mean, I that's, no that's one can Jack hit, no one no one can hit a one iron. I can't hit a one iron. If, I think if they Jack say, used to play one. He did, Jack and, and how he and, and he hit it so well. They say if you're ever in a lightning storm, as Ben Hogan said, uh, hold the one iron up because not even God can hit a one iron. It's one of Ben Hogan's favorite uh or one of his famous anecdotes. But I remember trying to hit that in the, in the back and just compared to the the, the stuff today. It's just night I mean, and day. Oh my god! Exactly. It's black and it's night and day. Black and white. However you want to call it. It's th- what they the technology today is mesmerizing as to what goes into it. So, so the the I'll be honest. The M5, all these clubs. If I go to the range and I turn on it and like hit it like I'm supposed to hit, the ball just comes off way different than I've ever seen before. 
And it's incredible. Now, I was, I was bright about this yesterday with the podcast of Forrest, but Whiteface Lodge, right? Yeah. Whiteface Lodge? Yeah. Number nine, I think, there. Is, uh, I vaguely remember the course. There, there's so, one hole that sticks so out. So it's to a me. straightaway nine, tight, tight fairway. Like it's probably. Oh, it's that's a super tight course. Yeah. So this was tight. super tight course. So I'm like, I'm not that good. Whatever. I'm probably like barely gonna break fifty in the front. Like just rough. So I'm like, screw it. It's three hundred and fifty some three hundred and fifty six yards. I'm like, I'm just getting a driver. I'm literally standing on the tee, and it says, I don't know. I had my GPS on me. I pull it out, and it said three fifty six. I'm like, okay, three fifty six. So I get up the swing, slight wind at our back. There, there was a little breeze, but not like not like gusty. But it was like there's, I don't know, five seven miles an hour behind us, and the the hole is pretty flat, and then it kind of goes a little bit downhill as you go. Like I'd say about a hundred yards. This is, this is nine, nine, and you're going, you're going. It goes slightly downhill. You're going at the clubhouse. Are you going at the clubhouse? I, th- I believe eight is a par three, and I think this is nine, and it comes down, and then you drive back up. And it's kind of down off the side, like you drive by, by it to go to the clubhouse. It's somewhat coming to me, but anyway. So it's a long continue. straightaway yeah. hole. Little wind behind us, okay? The probably starts dipping down to go downhill at a slight downhill. It wasn't like a drop-off. It was, you know, gradual downhill. Sure. Um, probably around 80 yards out. It kind of starts having this slight downhill. Um, so I get up, and I turn on this thing. And just like you just you know perfect you know like, like when just you hit like that everything came when together, you hit I'm that like, shot you know I'm like this is where I want to hit every drive because just you the, know. not even like the, just the feel of it yes. like that it just hit it perfect it is a physical pleasure ball, ball takes off pretty much on a dead straight line like maybe I think like a sl- maybe a slight drop but like I'm talking about like a one yard draw like I hit this thing perfect that's exactly what you want especially on a hole like that so, top spin let it run so three fifty six. I put it in the green side bunker, and and now now granted now I'm saying this is what I'm Still, saying. That's this a is what poke. I'm saying. I'm like I'm downwind not, even. That's a poke. A little down, but it, like the thing was, I probably carried this thing two fifteen. Like that's saying I got like forty yards of roll. So that's saying I hit it and still rolled out. I might have carried it longer. I turned on this thing so frick, and I'm like I'm not joking. I was standing on the. Did you get looking, up and down though? That's no go there. So we're standing there. We're standing there, like on the on the tee. Literally, my GPS is three fifty six. I hit it. It's pin high in the greenside bunker. I got out of the bunker on the green, so I splashed out to about twenty feet in a two putted. Good. So that's, I, a, that's a standard par. It was a par. The three hundred forty like, yard drive. <laughs> it was insane, and of course, I'm looking at it like, you know, to drive it that far. Now this was the longest drive of my life. So sure. like that's like yeah. kind of talking like your big fish story. Like my favorite big fish I ever caught, but like. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not far off from, I'm not going to do it every time, but like, if I can start turning consistently, I think consistently I'd be driving 280 to 300. And if you're driving two to 300, 280 to 300 on, around here, that's, that's fantastic. You're, you're you don't even, it. you don't even need to use driver on half the holes. Here no, and that's that. the thing. Like I, like at the barracks, I don't, if I didn't, if I didn't want to hit driver on hole one and three or one and two, I wouldn't hit driver into hole six. I agree. I agree with you. I I would even on two two. I, I sometimes stray. I tried. To, I went for it on three. I mean, I had to go for it on three. Oh, you tried to carry it. Uh, I've been successful before, but yeah, I really we had the, the risk rewards back. out there. But the the chance it, I make it over, oh, yeah. If you give no, me ten I swings, I don't even know if I get over once. The, I see when I hit it when I had played the day before. I had made that shot. It, it, I mean, 
granted it had a but, nice wicked draw but, but this is the thing you got to think about in golf like what's the benefit of you driving that and you're probably what 80 yards out something like that 70 yards like, out why not just hit a four iron down there safe take, have no trouble safe, no issues one thirty out yeah it, it, it's just so, the, the, the shots that you're comfortable with can change from so well, from so different so many different that's angles. where i'm at now and number three there's no way in hell i'm pulling out a three wood or a driver because there's no benefit so i'll take a hybrid blast it down the left side knowing worst case scenario i have a nine iron in my hand best case scenario i have like a sand wedge in my hand mm-hmm. so i have like a very scorable club that i'm going to hit the green and obviously for me i'm a golfer where it's like if i'm on the green i'm happy green and same. reg is good i don't same. i don't need a to be gir- three feet green and reg fairway and reg i'm the same like you no. see these guys hit shots they're 10 feet away and they're mad like, oh yeah I'd, pff, I'd be oh okay <laughs> yeah i mean but now now granted if i'm on if i'm playing a lot Take number five at the barracks. If I hit, I, I hit a hybrid because my three, sure, my yeah. three hybrid I can put in the rough, but in front of the 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 ditch. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like not in front that of the, the, the ditch is. It's honestly it's like closer two, than you think. It's, it's like, like two thirty, two thirty, two forty. Yeah, yeah. So if I like turn on a three hybrid, I can hit a three hybrid if it hit well two thirty. Mm-hmm. So like it's perfect. It can give me yeah. down even a four. I probably even have to hit a four hybrid just to be safe now. But especially if, I'm, if it's downwind too. Yeah. So now if I'm sitting there with with like a sandwich in my hand and I have that whole green. Will it be mad if I put it 30 yards away, 30 feet away? Probably. Like, I'm so happy to be on the green, but I'm saying if I'm playing a lot of golf, I would think if I have a hybrid in my hand, like, that's something I should be able to get inside 20 feet. Now, would I be pissed if I hit the green at 30? No, it's better than hitting in the bunker or out of bounds right. or whatever. Like, right. But you're still, I think, depending on the club you have in your hand, once I get down to my wedges, I'm really looking at, like, I can attack this pin and at least hit it somewhere in that vicinity of the green. Where if I have, like, a... Eight iron, nine iron, eight iron out. I'm really just like hit the green. Yeah, and so like my expectation. Sometimes, level, you, sometimes you tell yourself like, "Oh, I'm going out this pin." Like, yeah, probably but, not a good idea, but I'm going for it. Oh, like well, we were playing in this the tournament. Like number eight, I was like, I got to birdie this thing. Like I legit have to birdie. We we're giving two strokes on that, and it wasn't a hard hole. And I remember being seventy yards out, my third shot. I'm like, I'm taking a wedge, and I'm doing this little three quarter. I'm going at it with my my fifty eight. Little brag moment. I spun it. So my man hit my man hit jump once and spun yes. back. And I was like, okay, this doesn't happen. You, got, you gotta love, you gotta I, love that. But when I do do it, you just kind of get like a little, you, you have get to, a little you, excited. Have to, you have to milk it. And you then have I, to milk it. and then I, I, then I drained a 15 footer. So I was like, I was like clutch, but I hit Brush this, the shoulders. I hit this wedge. And as soon as I hit it, I'm like, I hit it too far. Cause it was aggressive. I was like, I'm going at this pin and it wasn't, I hit it pin, like just pin, in front it was of in the back, back center. I was about 15 feet left of the pin, pulled it slightly, hit about pin high went about four feet past and like zip back till about zip back probably three or four feet so i like where my pitch mark was to where it landed and came back was I, this in the first match yeah was this because i remember you had mentioned because you played with who'd you play with in the first match jared jared i i heard you say like oh i you know i made just made a big putt on it might have been on eight. Oh no 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 number seven i made an even bigger putt really i you got to tell me that after but so keep going on eight so you, got up, you made so, that putt. Perfect. Well, my drive at number eight, I hit a crappy drive to like 250 out in the fairway. Like, I mishit it. I just went and kind of... So would you just put a, th- put a hybrid on from fucking, there? No, I hit a fucking three-wood down just to like bombed 70 it. yards. My man. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, I got I to gotta get I gotta get on the green. Like, I'm like, Half, no, I'm yeah. not going to lay up. I'm gonna just, just going to jam this three-wood as far down the fairway as I can. Yeah. And send, it, send it 200 yards that way. 200, 220 yards that I pro- way. I prob- 240. Well, it was, oh, it was like 250 out, and I hit it to... 
seven. I was probably even more than two fifty to be honest. I was probably, probably was deep. Like two. So we'll I, say I, we'll say I probably hit the three wood like two forty. Yeah, that's yeah. I turned on. I, I was pretty good for me. It was a good three wood. Yeah, and then I wedged it up, which I don't hit a lot of full wedges at my fifty eight. I suck. I hit. With I hit my such a pure wedge. I oh, I can't. I hit. I will hit a wedge if I'm seventy to eighty yards out. This is like one of my vices. If I'm seventy to eighty yards out, I will hit a wedge fat. Five out of ten times. Really? Yeah. It's I. I you know, I just can't seem to, every time I really try to go out a wedge, I tend to shank it. I'll tend to, my lower body will get faster and my hands will get stuck behind me and I'll push it out to the right. Or if I really, sometimes if I get the timing good, I'll hit it fat or I'll hit a good shot every now and again. But the wedges are definitely the weakest part. No so, doubt. So, um, so respect to the wedge game for yeah, sure. So, so, uh, number seven, I hit it right. Yeah. The pin was the pin was it was an interesting pin placement, but right at the end, right at the bottom of the hill, in the middle. So we're up one at this point. Yeah, this was just the bottom of the hill. Yeah, I choked down on a nade iron, and I pushed it about fifth, eight to ten yards right of the green, twenty feet, thirty feet, something like that, right mm-hmm. of the green. Yeah, basically just above the ridge. God, that's a tough. Just that's above a the ridge, shot to the right. Oh man! I'm like Matt. So Jared hits it like short of the water. Duff like didn't hit a well. Good shot. Joel might have hit it in the water. I don't know where Joel was. Matt gets up, hits a draw like pin high, twenty feet from the cup. Damn! And he's getting. And he's getting pressure on. And he's getting a stroke. Damn! He really put the pressure on you then. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, God, I got up one. And this is my problem. Like we're up one. They're gonna win this hole. We're going into number eight. They're getting two strokes on eight. So we're just, we'd be doing well just to par, like, and hope they get a double. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, they could win the next hole. And then I'm like, then we're going to go to nine. And we're literally, like, we're up one, but it felt like we were, like, backs against the wall at that point. Because I'm like, the next couple holes are favorable. If you you even tie that hole, you're you're now, no, if you win that hole, you're now dorming. If you tie that hole, but then win eight, which is, as you said, it's very gettable. So that should be a birdieable hole for you, which it was. But I still. But the thing is that for me, that's still three good shots. Unless oh, yeah. if I had a good drive and a good second shot, it's a chip and a putt. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have that luxury. But I'm sitting there on number seven. I'm like, especially with where you're at, I would have been feeling the same like, way. I got to try to get basically best case scenario is I get up and down for a par, right? And Matt three putts and gets a bogey, and, and you tie the hole, and we tie the hole. Like I got to get up and down from this impossible scenario. I get up. Open my 58. Just like. Nice little flop. Best shot I'm going to hit on that hole. Lands on the green. Like just past the fringe. It lands on soft. Rolls up. Catches the ridge. Rolls down the hill. So like literally as soft as I could get it to to just catch that hill and go down. Rolls 30 feet past the hole down. Just almost into the fringe. Best shot I was going to do. I couldn't get any closer. You can't. Especially with that. If you say for example that that pin is there and you're up on the top. You're dead. You know, I don't think a pro could get any higher because there's you no can't. way you can stop it low. No, the other can't. option it's that I, roll off. the other option I had was hit it as high as I could and just land it on the front part of the green and hope that it and hope it stays where it is and doesn't. But run that's out. that's also a much riskier play because when you do that, you much have a chance riskier. of you can just. You, I mean, if it's happened to me, I've tried to get cute with it and it, you just go right on. So the my ball. thing is like just hit it enough where you're going to hit Good. and enough yeah. where you're going to catch it and go down. Now could I have miss hit it right and I'm like screw I'm screwed. I hit a great wedge rolls down the thirty feet. I drain the 30-footer coming back. Butter. Put the pressure on For Matt. par, Matt still can three-putt to, to tie us. He four-putts. 
Oh man, he must have been furious. Four putts. And now so, you're dormy. So he put past the hole like seven feet. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's... And I was like, Okay, we might tie this. This is good. And I'm like, Wow, geez, if he misses this, at least why? Like, we got out with a tie. We'll right. be one out. We can maybe pull this together. Then he puts it past the hole like two feet or something like that. Three feet, maybe, just past. So now and, you're thinking, okay, this but is But now tie. he's got like a two and a half, three footer, but it's not a straight putt. It's snaky. There's a, exactly. So I'm looking at it. I probably would have given him the putt, but like two holes earlier, like full disclosure, he made us putt like a tap-in birdie putt. Like, and for whatever it was, and I was like, he's like, putt it. And you, I'm have like, to, you have to appreciate how cutthroat that is. You, you got to love that so, in the heart of competition. And that's fine. He's like, putt it. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Sure. But I'm like, I'm going to remember this. So then on that pole, I was going to give it to him. I'm like, you know what? Putt it. No, putt it. Missed it. So you put a five on the hole. He four put it for 20 feet. I got up and down from an impossible lie. That's just how golf works. It is how golf works. So now we're up two. So it's dormy. So I'm like, at least we tied the match. Mm-hmm. And then I had to like basically hit a bad drive. I had to go three solid shots to birdie it, which just gave us the win because they they yes two dub- up they, two and one they double actually no they doubled. Oh, so we would have tied, yeah. but we ended up winning three and one. Three and one, yes. So we did That's... end up winning it, but I had to play like lights out on eight and nine or seven and eight to win. Yeah, is it? And then we never played nine. We drove in. That's when we met you guys playing nine. That would have been, oh man, half part of me wanted to just go out and like, imagine that having everyone out there, right? Everyone goes out there. It's, it's you. And it was, it would have been Adam, right? Is that who you Oh yeah. Well, that was the final. That match. was at the end. But yeah, that's when yeah. you met us on nine. You were helping me look for my ball after you guys had won. Cause I had, that hit. was the first match. The first match. Yeah. You and you and Jared were helping me look for my ball. Cause I had, uh, you hit it left or something. Well, my first one, we had no one, none of us. Of the four of us, no one saw it. Like, lost it in the sun, if you will. Could not find it anywhere. Had a, teed up another one. Hooked it dead left. Couldn't find that one either. But what are you going to do? Do you want to know a fun fact about my game this year at the barracks? Number nine, I would say is the hardest hole in the front nine. I would absolutely agree. Okay. So, that is such a tough green to hit. Also, the problem was with this tournament, we went off of the handicap that the barracks had already established. Number nine was considered the 12th hardest hole on the course. It was it had a 12 handicap. Most people didn't get strokes on 12. You had to be like one of our higher handicaps to get strokes. So almost nobody got strokes. But you know what the two hardest holes were on the front nine? I'm going to say three. And I'm going to say three and seven. Six and eight. Oh wow! The par six and okay, okay, eight could be a par four even. Eight is considered the fourth hardest hole in the course. So if you look at it now, the problem wow. is they, they consider the whites, and this is from the whites. They consider the whites five hundred yards. Well, the whites at five hundred yards is back by the seventh green. Right. They're you know you I play back there once this year. They're always up up on the right by yeah. the tree line. Yeah. That like you said, that's a long par four from there. So really, like if you get a par, if you get a four, it's like getting a really like getting a par, but it counts as a birdie. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. So in this tournament, though, we were playing up there, and that was a fourth hardest. So most people were getting strokes on that hole, and most people were a lot of them were getting two strokes that hole. So number eight was a tough hole for the good I players. I would have honestly, if you would have said to me what is the easiest hole on the course, I, I would say, say eight. eight. I would without too. a doubt, it's the fourth hardest. That's like, cool. what's the easiest hole in the course? Do you know off the top of your head? It was number, I think it was 18. No, not, sorry, 18. Yes, it's number 18. I think it's number uh, four was the easiest, the part three. Four was the easiest. It's considered the easiest. 
which is not oh an easy. God. I don't think a very easy part. That three. is not an easy part three. Like there's trees, right? Bunker left, would, big ridge would, in the green. I would arguably say, depending on where the pin is on seven, that could be the most difficult part three of the day. To be honest, I, that's just how I feel about it. Depending on where the pin is on seven, that I is, agree. That is, if the pin's on the top tier on seven, that would make it tough. The easiest part three in the course is sixteen. I yeah, it's 115 yards with no trouble. Even then, sometimes you still have trouble. It's a, it's interesting, interesting. But, green. but I'm saying, like, if you hit, yeah, but it's if you the left side kind of slopes off, but for the it's most, it's very open for the most part. Yeah, there's no. I mean, it's a hundred. It's a it's a wedge off a tee at a green that's right in front of you. Even if you hit a worm burner and it rolled out, you'll be fine. You know, hundred, you, you'd be okay. You could potentially yard, get on the green. Twenty yard chip shot. Yeah, yeah. So that's by far that I think is the 17th easiest. They consider easiest, oh which God. which makes sense. I think that makes sense. Sixteen. Compared to that whole course, I think 16 is a very easy hole. Yeah. But the back nine, the problem was the way they did it, this is my theory, the back nine, I would say out of all the holes on the back nine, the only holes that I would argue that are probably easier than some of the holes on the front nine, personally, would be number 16. You could argue number 14. Yeah. 14 that, besides there's, 14 there's, there's, is, there's some stuff right but really it's a when pretty, that tree was there years ago well that was 13 oh that, no yeah you're right that is so 13 is a little down harder straight away 13's got bunkers up there too 13 is actually a pretty tricky hole it is 14 Dog leg right 14 there's nothing 14 straight on it's straight on there's it just there's, hit trouble to the right trouble right but if you stay semi left and you got to really hook it left to, to be really in be in trouble yeah and we actually got in trouble in the singles because jeff bombed one or i did I did. Jeff on the first the hole before did the same thing. We crushed drives, but they went through the fairway into the woods. So I hit a drive on that hole well inside 100 yards, but I hit it through the rough into the woods. We had to take a drop. Jeff had to punch out. He had to actually punch backwards. Oh, we got, God, me and Jeff got, that. we lost three and two, and me and Jeff completely shot ourselves. I mean, I had a couple of really bad shots, but we had some bad lies. Like we had some, we, we bombed a drive and it like went in the woods, like through the fairway, through the rough into the woods. We're like, you never thought that, I could those are that. the those are just the breaks that come with the game. Yeah, and, unfortunately. And so, um, so number nine this year, on number nine, I've had hard driving hole, very hard trouble driving left, hole. trouble right. To get into the fairway, you have to kind of hit a, a draw. Like, um, on the drive, I did not lose a ball all year. Now that is impressive. I didn't take three off the tee all year, and. Every time I hit, I swear to God, on that hole, I was inside 150 every single time. In the, I was in the fairway inside 150 80% of the time. If I missed, it was through the fairway on the right on the side, right side. With, with the wedge in my hand. Now, how was my wedge shots into the fairway, into the green? Terrible. My second oh, shots God. in were probably the worst of all the year. The second shot into that hole is the most daunting, in my opinion, because you have it's to tough, hit that. It's the it, toughest second it's, shot it's at the barrels. It's easily, like, if you're, if you're 150 yards, what's your, what's your 150 club? Like an 8, 9, somewhere in there? On that hole, it'd be an 8. Right, uphill. exactly. Yeah. Even then, I would potentially hit a knockdown 7. I mean, I hit a, I hit a 7. I was probably, I was a little to the right uh, when I found my ball on, one, on that hole, but it was the day before. Um, or no, it was that day. I hit a 7, probably from about like one, 155, 160, and even then it was still a little short, but... It's a mind trip. Like, oh I play God. with Ryan Lee all the time, and Ryan literally... like Ryan's another that, good that, He's another good dude. I met him, actually, back at you first. Yeah, Ryan's awesome. And Ryan, if you, had to, if you had to ask Ryan, I guarantee if he was sitting right here, Ryan, what is the most notoriously tough hole for... Like, what is your, what is your kryptonite hole? Nine. He would say nine at the barracks. Because he's a lefty, too, right? Lefty. 
oh man, he's gonna he has to hit a wicked slice to which is, which is not even the problem. The problem for him, like like us, is it's the second shot. Oh, he's fine. God, he'll get out. So... He'll get out there. He'll get on the second shot and he'll duff it. He'll hit it in the water. He'll hit it short. He'll hit it in the trees. Like I don't know what it is. The second shot at the barracks on nine is incredibly hard. So this year we were playing that two man scramble. Yeah, our first hole was nine. So our first hole, me and Jared are playing. Was it. this by chance? This wasn't from the ladies' tees by chance, was it? No, 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 no. Okay, because I've played, I've played a one man scramble there before from the ladies' tees. Uh, the Shady Hawkins, a, a couple one years man ago. scramble. It was a one man scramble. So you just played one ball, or do you play two balls? You play two balls. Gotcha. It was very interesting. I saw someone actually drive three from the ladies' tees, which was a mammoth drive at the that's, time. But that's cool. Anyway, yeah, the the two uh, the two man scramble starting on nine. So wait, so you wrapped up on eight then? Yes. Okay. So we, of course they start you there, but at least you get it out of the way. Yeah. So we start on nine. I get up with I think I had a three wood at the time because I don't think I had my hybrids with me. I hit a three wood. If you took the fairway and you go all the way to the front right corner, right in front of the right in front of the water. Oh yeah, that's I like, was got to be ninety yards. I was two yards in and two yards in, two yards back and two yards in. Like I put it in that back corner, like. Perfect placement. Literally the farthest I could hit a driver. Perfect placement. So, Fantastic. And I, I hit it just, I'm like, I hit it. I'm like, great. That's a great shot. Get up there. I'm like, wow, really good. I get up. I take a wedge out, a little three-quarter wedge, pop it up. Jared hits his wedge first, hits it to like 10 feet. I'm like, let's go. We got a, we right. got a birdie yeah, putt. Yeah. Two-man scramble. Let's do it. Especially so, on nine. Yeah. That so I'm like, well, let me just, I'm just going to, exactly. I'm like, I'm just going to hit it, you know, just because my eyes are going to hurt us. Yeah. A little practice. I, f- I flip this thing up. It hits. Again, doesn't happen all the time. Slight backspin inside of Jared to like seven, eight feet. Now, please tell me after you hit that shot, you, you gave a nice little club twirl. No. You got to give it a I club mean, twirl. I think I did it before. You got to give Yeah, yeah. You got to give the club twirl. It was one of those where it felt like butter. You just went and hit it. <laughs> I'm like, know. oh, oh that just it. came off. Nice. Yeah, that's it. Like, you could, I, I love that. And you can just, you can, you just know, like, oh, that's it. That's Be- a great Best shot feeling right in golf there. is a mid iron that you just rope to like, like a couple feet. I, now, like when right. you just flush an iron and it just sticks the pin, there's no greater feeling. Here's gone. one for you. Would you rather bomb a drive or would you rather sink like a ridiculously long putt? Oh, God dang. That's tough. The feeling of bombing a drive feels way is, better. Is baller, yeah. But, but the feeling of like knocking in a long putt is like yeah. momentum. No, that, that's, that's to me the, the winner. I, think I would have to do the putt. I agree with you. That, the, the, that's the, what the I would think as well. The drive physically feels better. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, nothing. Nothing is better, like you said. Like but when, when you rope a mid iron, or like, or, or if you have like a momentum saver for for a putt. Like, even, oh, a big even time like, par like save is better than a birdie. Yeah, like save, all day like, long. If you're getting like up and down, or you have to hit like a twenty footer. I had to, like up and down out of a bunker, like a bunker shot to like twenty feet, and you drain the par putt. It's greater that. than a birdie putt for twenty that. feet. Can't beat that. I, I agree. And it doesn't make zero sense why, but it's like, it's, it's just, momentum. well, you keep the momentum that way. Yeah. I mean, with the birdie, it's great, but it's, it's so much more satisfying when you're like, okay, I just got up and down. Like that's because I mean, you don't lose strokes. Everybody, everybody can, uh, everybody can have a birdie every now and again. And I mean, that's, that's totally cool. Like, I'm sure you birdie once one whole uh, around. I would say on average. Yeah. I'd say like one or two. I'm not a big, I'm not a big birdie guy, believe yeah. it or not. I, I haven't had like a barrage ever. I think the most amount of birdies I've ever had in one round was like four. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a big birdie guy, but yeah, I, I think the ability to get up and down can, can really save strokes. I had to get up and down a couple of times. I chipped in actually on four in the singles match. That was, that was a lucky chip. Chipped in on four. Okay. Yeah, yeah. For I, par for birdie. Birdie. I, I was. I was left yeah, par off three, the tee. So yeah. yeah, I was left off the tee, and I. I happened to just you know chip it on and hit the slope and rolled in like a putt. But 
uh, I, I would, I would have to absolutely agree. Like getting up and down is, is absolutely more satisfying. I, I mean, hitting a birdie putt is great, but being able to get up and down and save yourself a stroke rather than, you know, I, I almost think like gain one there as a birdie. I think that's just, I think it's, it's very satisfying. It's vindication sort of. So chipping up to 15 feet and making a 15 foot birdie or par putt save is not as good as a feeling as chipping it up to just a tap in. You get par both ways, and you make a big putt. It, it's the same. It's like if you hit two, if you hit two, uh, like two swings and two putts is the same as three swings and one putt. Yeah, as Ex- they say. Yes, and I and I yeah. But if I it up to if chip, I just chip, chip and it rolls right up and it's like, like oh, inside a foot, yes, done. Go. Like let's that that it. that just is like no. There's no stress. Like got it up there. None. Done. Let's get tap in. On let's the go. next hole. Don't like, even have to think. Jacked about up. It. Let's run. Like so. That's uh, I don't know. That's 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 like the thing I like most about. Have you ever had a hole in one? Me neither. I've never seen one either. I've, I've seen like, I've been close, like the, the group in front of me at a tournament in Albany, like I was playing in and Scramble got one and I saw them react on the tee box, but I've never physically seen one like go in. So I've never seen one go in and this includes professional golf tournaments, like live in person. Uh, live in person. I've, I've never seen a whole I've one. seen one live on TV before. Oh yeah, that I have. Like the Masters yeah. have seen that. I've never seen a live shot in person even on the pros close but never right never one right so i've come close i think i've come three times i came close i want to say this year i almost had a hole in one but the two that i remember the most this was really cool it was north country number six not a long hole about 160 yards i remember what i don't know seven or maybe at the time oh yeah 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 it's after the short par four yeah so i get up yeah 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 and it was the i think it's i think it's one two three four Four, it's five or six, one of the two. But anyway, yeah, no, yeah, number six. Number six. It was the uh, uh, Knights of Columbus Scramble Golf Tournament. This was a huge golf tournament back then. They played eight to a tee. That's how many people were in this tournament. Wow! It was a long day. Oh, and, I bet. And I get up on number six. There's two people in the tee box of seven, which is right, literally right next to the six green. So there's eight people there. There's eight people in our group. There's eight people waiting for our group so to the, go. So the stage was set then. Oh, yeah. The stage was set so for So it was this. like 888. Eight, eight. Plus Good. you had the volunteers yeah. like doing the money raffle thing on the tournament. I was going to ask if it was like the, the double your money. That's yeah, the, exactly. Yeah, that's the, if you so hit the green, double your bet 24, there was almost 30 people on this between the players and, and the, the people helping out. I get up seven iron, just like great. I used to be a great, great ball striker. Ball goes up. That means you have the capability. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to be scratch. Or not scratch. I'm going to be single digits next <laughs> You year. have the capacity. It won't be scratch. Be yes. single digits. You will ball, be single digits. Ball goes up, lands three feet in front of the hole. Rolls two feet beyond the hole. It Damn, ran the edge it bur- of the cup. It, I was about to say, did it burn the lip? Burn the lip. Yeah. And I had like almost 30 people on the thing and I hit it. Oh. And the guys on the ground were like, oh, like down oh below. And I just God. like, so we got a birdie. And that, so that was the coolest one. And then the other one, I was playing number 12 there, which is a very hard hole. And I hit it up. 12. And it was rolling. Yeah, 12 is It was tough. rolling straight at the pin. Stopped about a foot short of the pin directly in line. Like, I hit oh, it to the point where, that. like, if this is the hole that was like this, and it just, like, stopped See, here. those kinds and of I was shots. Like, those kinds like of shots. Up, like, I literally went like that. I, I mean, it's a great shot. Don't get me wrong. But I, I would feel defeated if that happened. So we, we were at Lake Plastic Club this year. Like plastic? No, we were on the mountain course. Yeah. There's a really short uphill par four that's definitely drivable. Um, I think it's 14. Oh. It's right after you go past the road. Right after you go past, it's it's coming. I'm playing the course. I'm playing the course in my head right now. There's one, two, three is par three, four is coming up, five, six, 
seven, nine goes down, 10 comes in, 11 is a par five, 12. Par three back down the yeah, Yep, is that is a long par three. 13 is a par, yeah, 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 so yeah. So 14 yeah, yeah. is all showing up the hill. Yes, so, yes. I didn't know that was a par four. I thought that was a long par three the first time I played it. So it's like 230. Yeah, so yeah. So the guy we were playing with, who's, I mean, he's, a good day for him would be like 90. You know, he's the same as, you know, kind of as me. Um, gets up, takes a three wood and just crushes this thing. We can't see it land. So he goes off. I go find my ball. I look at it. I'm like, you're really close. We walked up. He was this far away and he tapped him for an eagle. So I never seen a hole in one live. He would have made an, a hole in Albatross. one on a par four. So he literally just went up and tapped in. That's actually rarer than a hole in one. Do you know that? Yeah. yeah. That's why Louis Usse is the one you talked about. Yes. It's, two. So, it's so, it's so it's, memorable. Because you yeah. got to think at, at Augusta every year, one or two players make hole in one in 16 every year. Yeah. Because it just funnels down. And they're so good yeah. that you're, they're, 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 they're going to get, they're going to, the proximity for them is, is, is not you're, far. You're talking what, 120 golfers for the first two days plus another 70 in the next two days. So you have like, you're talking about 400 or so shots that are meaningful. Yeah, about 380, eh, 300. You're probably going to have, uh, you know, hole in one. So that, that's what was pretty incredible. But there. no, that, that was good. Um, all right, Alec. I told people like this actually just turned into a golf podcast, which is fine. It absolutely. I didn't is. ask anything else about your life, but no, that's totally fine. And I would, I mean, you know what? I could talk about golf we, forever. I could we, keep going. We, we bring, we bring people. Me, me and Jared actually wanted to start a golf podcast. Oh, but man. you're knowledgeable enough that you could be on the golf podcast. I would love to be on the golf podcast. We wanted podcast. to just do our that own four-play podcast. That would be a great... I would love to do that. Because honestly, the just guys on the four-play podcast... Talk stats, talk pro golf, talk But But I think the guys... Golf. Do you listen to the four-play podcast? I, I have. I've listened to... I, I don't follow it closely. I've listened to four-play, and then I've also had uh, playing around with Paige Renee. I've listened to that as well. That's like Paige Spiernak's golf podcast, kind of. She. I, so I, st- I actually looked at her Instagram account for the first time. I've heard of her name before, and I didn't know who she was. I literally looked at her account yesterday, and dear God, she might be the prettiest golfer. She's on the a, she's a stick too. She Is got she good? there and oh yeah, she got there and just. Is she a pro golfer? I think she. So she, I think she was like. So she was a pro. I know she played D one golf, and I believe she had like some exemptions on like the the ladies European tour that like or like the Symmetra tour or something. But now she's just like a model that plays golf. Pretty much, I. From what I learned from her uh, podcast, she she makes money, I believe, from like appearances, like exhibitions, and then she does like she does like brand sponsors stuff like that. I mean, her podcast is, uh, I don't know if it's still going on. I I know she did make it a bit ago, but that's what I learned from about how she operates because she doesn't. I know she doesn't have any status on any tour, and I know she doesn't really play competitively. I mean, she, she probably makes more money than the people on the tour. Oh, I would imagine. So, <laughs> but I saw her. I was like. What a world! What a world! Oh uh, yeah, th- buddy, thank you. buddy of mine supposedly ran into her in uh, in South in South Carolina, but supposedly I, I ran into. I think I got a picture with her back in the day. Who was the really really pretty Natalie Golbus? Remember Na- that name? Yes, and Natalie. But she, she was Golbis. actually on the LPGA. Yeah, tour. yeah, yeah. But I remember her. She had that, that funky dip in her swing. Yeah, she had a little like kind of hitch. Cut, and they say it's because of the extra vertebrae in her back. That's she needs it, and uh, but. She that was the U.S. Open. It was 2011. I met her at Congressional. That's neat. Yeah, 
That's really super neat. super nice car. I got a picture with her, and I don't remember where. I mean, it, I, to be honest, I don't have the photo anymore because we've been on an old phone. Yeah, but she was really nice. Where, and, where did you, did you just ran into her? Like just like no, she was. It would have been like going into like the merchandise thing, or she was like part of like the that did the same thing vendor at, village area. Did the same thing at Oakmont. I went into the Lexus tent, and Annika Sorenstam was in there, and yeah, I, I took a picture with Annika. Yeah. She, she didn't seem legit. too pleased, but you know what's crazy? <laughs> oh, she wasn't like a photo op. She, thing. It, it wasn't. No, like she. She. I mean, I think. I think it was like it was like. You had the option. Yeah. I, I just was like, hi. Like, hi, Annika. Nice to meet you. She's like, oh, hey, how you doing? I was like, yeah, do you mind if I grab a picture? No, no, that's fine. Like, and she, she like signed. I, I asked for a signature and she like signed it without looking. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Like, it, it's a cool. It's cool. Like, I get it. I get it. You know what's funny? The LPGA, she was such a big name and just stopped playing. Yeah. Same with um, Lorena Ochoa. Lorena Ochoa. Like, yeah, yeah. Greatest golfer on earth. And then she just was like, I'm just I'm done. done. I'm and chilling. I don't know what she, I don't even know where she is. You now. know who else did that? A long, long time ago, uh, Bobby Jones actually. He yeah. he stopped playing. He never in went his pro. Prime. He did best amateur ever. Yeah. Well, he just never went pro. He just like uh, um, easily could have. But he made more money as a lawyer. That's but, what he chose. To was do. it a lawyer? I was going to say because Bo- yeah. Bobby Jones would be. He'd be a fascinating. I'd love to read a uh, biography on him. I'm sure there's plenty. But, oh yeah. But he, he, I mean, he's he actually, one that I would really want to read about. Golf. One fun fact about him: golf was assigned to him as. Uh, I believe it was like a therapy or it was like a treatment for, for something. He Didn't had he have a, a lot kid. of like um, anxiety and stuff? I don't want to say like, yes, but I think he had, he had something. I, I don't think know he what like it a, is off the top of my head. I don't want to say like a real mental issue, but I think he had a lot of anxiety and like, he was a very nervous. I, I could be totally wrong on this, but I think he was one that had like a lot of like mental demon kind of things. Probably like back then, mild dep- like depression or you know mental health yeah, issues. Yeah, and I mean, if if that were the case back then, you know, I'm sure that we didn't know more, as much as much about it as we do today. Yeah. So I mean, it would obviously be so different to navigate. Like, so I I just think it's a fascinating, like you said, th- those people back then. Like I would love to go back and watch. Imagine playing in those clothes, those plus fours. Well, that, that's the thing. It's all common. I mean, I would, would Rolling. I rock a pair of plus fours? You bet your ass I would. But, but I mean. The old wingtip golf oh, shoes? Oh, of course. But I would, no hesitation. I would love to Straw go back. Straw hat. Like, Psh, I would love to done. go back and just watch Bobby Jones play a major. Right. To just go, like, watch him. He's like, I don't know. I'm just going to watch him some play. Of the, some of they... the big names. Well, actually, you know, one of the uh, big names around that time was Craig Wood. Yeah. Believe it or not. Two-time master champ. Yeah. Craig Wood. And then. Uh, Man, there are a lot. Gene Sarazen, Bobby Jones, obviously Walter, Walter Hagen. Hagen. A lot. Damn. Like, like back, back. Those are the guys that I would love to see them hit a, back with their technology. I just want to see how they hit the golf ball. Like, what was their? Because I, um, the Four Play Podcast had this. That's the. the inter- it's the bar. It's the barstool, right? Is that barstool? Barstool? Yeah. barstool? Yeah. Yep. So they interviewed Jack Nicholas, and of course, these guys are. All I was told about this today, literally. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. So, yeah. So they interviewed Jack. Riggs I haven't seen them. it, but. Riggs is a Riggs is such a character, but they're all Tiger guys. They're of huge course. Tiger. Guys. Oh, I love. And they always I love like, they when shit when on they shit on Jack and like and but, Riggs goes on a tweeting spree. And I don't think Jack even knows any different. He doesn't know who these guys are. He's just like, yeah, sure, we'll do an interview, like whatever. He doesn't know what they talk about, so he gets up and he very fascinating interview. And the funny thing about what Jack was saying, he goes, nowadays the golf ball is way firmer than what we used to play. And Tiger said this in interviews too when he first came up. They had like the, was it the balada ball? The balada, yeah, and that thing spun. So Tiger said, "Man, like you used to get all the spin. You could do like you could really work the ball because it had this. Now the ball goes pretty straight. Like you gotta you gotta really manipulate it to have spin." And Jack said back in the day, he goes, "We never hit a straight ball." So he goes, "If you watch players, they were always hitting draws and hooks and fades and cuts into holes because." You had to. He goes, because you couldn't rely on the ball to go straight. So he goes, if you hit the ball 
and the hole was tucked on the right, then I'm going to aim to the left and I'm going to hit it with a fade. And he goes, it's either going to fade and go near the hole, or if it does happen to kind of like stay straight, at least I'm on the green with the 20 footer. Mm -hmm. So that was the way they played. It wasn't like just take dead aim. Now you're getting the guys that drive the ball and they just get a wedge out and they blast it right at the hole. And they didn't have that luxury back then. So it was kind of cool to hear about the technology difference. Not, and I think the way they approach it too, I think Jack was the first, if I remember correctly, Jack was really the first to use a yardage book. Like those guys like Hogan, um, Sneed, you know, Nelson, all of them, they would play by like, they would go and they'd be okay. You know, I'm 140 yards out. All right. Like they would eye it completely. There would be no measurements that to me, how they, how they were able to play at such a high level. I mean, like Byron Nelson in 1945, like that'll never be equated what he did in that year. Was it the 11 straight? 11 straight, 18 wins. Like, yeah. I mean, granted, you know, the war was going on and the competition might have been a little less, but still, that's that's what they always talk about with Jack, like domination. But Jack's competition back then was competitive to Jack's era. Oh, man. Tom Watson, Seve, Lee Lee Trevino, Trevino, Bill Rogers, Johnny Miller. A lot of. A lot but, of names. But like when Tagger came up, he completely changed the game. But like now, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I will did. agree though, now the people are way more athletic. For sure. Better athletes. For so sure. you're taking where there might have been a little bit more dispersion in Jack's era. It's tighter now. So like, oh, will someone, it's will, so much harder to win out there now. Like, will someone come close to Tagger's record? I don't think so. Because another thing you got to, no, I, I'm just like waiting. In the modern for, day, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Tiger to win number 83. I mean, it's, oh, it's, it will, it's just a matter of time. I think he will. Will he win another major? Tough. That's, I don't. I don't know. I. I he doesn't play much anymore. Like he plays in the majors and yeah. play a couple tournaments. I'm like he just. Not. He needs to have. He needs to have a magical run to do that. And I think yeah. another another difference between the two eras is uh, European golf wasn't as prominent as it is today. I mean now it's Correct. it's it was it was it was there. I mean you had your big names in Europe, like you know like Seve and uh, I mean Gary Player. Uh, who else? But but the Tiger but thing like Tiger you, now is you said when you came up like I vividly remember watching majority of Tiger's championships oh, I'd say from so about only early two thousands on like all Tiger my uncle did too and like he, the, he ni- told me about like it ninety seven and his four that happened around the two thousands that was right when I started to get into golf so like I knew it but I wasn't really watching it but like anything after probably two thousand one on two thousand two on everything and. The crazy thing, like when he won the Masters, to me, even if he doesn't win again, it was just nice. He won his last major the day he graduated high school. And then he won last year. And I've been out of high school for over 10 years. Like that was just like, I just. The, the, the Tory Pines, the Tory Pines. leg US yep, Open? The Monday. He won on a Monday playoff. Oh and that my was my last God. day of high school. <laughs> and I just remember him making that. And we rushed from, we have Shazy at the things called class day. Everybody gets dressed up, talks, oh, yeah. talks and stuff. We literally ran. My buddy lived across the way from school. We left the stage. The match was on. This is before like real cell phones and stuff. We ran back and caught the last like nine holes of the playoff the next day against Rocco Mediate. Literally sitting in the living room in Texas watching him finish. That is, that's fantastic. And that was the last day. So then he didn't win until the Masters. So when he like won, I was like, holy crap. Like here I am, like 29 years old, have like two kids, like one kid at the time, none of the kid on the way. But I remember like just like what, but. Yeah, but I mean, this was like a year yeah. ago. Now I got your third is on the way. But like, I'm looking at this. I was like, just like another world. I'm like, I literally last time he won, it was my last day of high school. That's how long that stretch was of majors. Oh, oh man. So when I'm sitting there like, years. Tagger's going to win. I'm not going to lie. I got emotional when he won because I'm like, it was like my childhood being relived. Like seeing, And then the thing that literally, and I know this sounds crazy and people like, if you've listened this far, God bless you. But you're thinking, you're probably like laughing. <laughs> like when Tagger walked up, 
off the green after 2019 and went to his family. When I saw his mom, Tita or whatever her name is. Yeah. And I've seen her in real life, like walking at the majors and she's this really tiny lady. That's cool. And uh, Tita. (laughs) And I remember, actually I saw her walking the fairway. This was back in the day with uh, Steinberg. His agent. Yeah, yeah, Mark, Mark, Mark Steinberg. So was sitting there when he walked off the back of the green, and she was back there, and he had both of his kids, which I know sounds crazy because now he has his kids, but like I knew he had kids. I hadn't seen his mom in years. His mom back in the day, when you look at the old footage, a little dark haired lady, sometimes you know, short, you know, big you're, glasses. Yeah, and you're talking twenty years later. She's got gray hair, twenty years older, older. She's like you know a grandmother at this point. But like I, I, it was it was like so crazy that like she was still there in 1997, and then 2019, 22 years apart, and there she is at the back of the green, and Tiger's still winning. And I like to put it in perspective. I don't know what why it was like it was a weird moment. Like not even his kids running up. Well, I I think it could be looked at as because when he won in 97, he walked off the green and he gave his dad a hug. Well, that was the thing. And then like for him to give like Charlie it's a hug, just, which oh, like came cr- full circle, which was crazy. But and like Tito I'm was literally there the whole like time. I, like I'm such a like now that I'm a dad, I'm such a softy. Like I was literally like like fighting back tears. I was like, which I know is crazy. But again, this guy was the guy I like watched growing up. And I have so much good memories of a kid watching him play because I was like all in golf. And now here he is winning, now having kids and seeing him with his kids and oh, seeing yeah. his mom who's now grim. I'm like, like it just it was one of those like things that punched you in the face and you're like, like time never never so, loses. And it was like, holy crap. So during during the Sunday, I was I was watching with my girlfriend, uh, Allison. We I remember I was really I was putting down the spiked Arnold Palmer's pretty good. And I was just I was loving it. I was so I was like Tiger's going to win. Tiger's going to win. And when he did win, I remember I opened the door at my, cause we were watching my, my parents were on vacation. We were at their house and I opened the door and I was like, 15, 15, let's go 15. And then I impulsively bought a shirt off a bar stool that it's a, it's a red shirt and it's a picture of Tiger putting on his green jacket and it says Sundays are great again. And it's just, I, I that I remember that, like just I, being able to, to, to see that because I never saw and the thing was any it, of his major wins. Really? Live. Oh, never. Because oh. I was I wasn't into it at the time. Dude. I started the. I saw Tiger. I saw. Oh, 2013 is when I saw him really start to flash his dominance. Like I had never seen. I had seen highlights of Prime <laughs> Tiger, but I had never seen him win a major. I'd seen him win like tournaments, sure, but that's why to me that that was so. It, it was just so cool to see to finally see like just how the, the significance of that moment. And I think the precursor to it. Was when he won the tour championship. Do you remember when he won the tour championship? Yeah, four. And yeah. he was getting followed by so many people. Like people don't realize the tagger effect because you got to think. Really you got to think back they then. Really don't. All the I like me growing up watching him, and there was plenty. And I was again, I was a teenager. How many twenty and thirty year olds were watching him, and how many of their 20, 30 year olds then now have twenty year olds? So you got to think about like they're having kids as you know. So now you have a whole another generation that's like tagger fans with parents that grew up like we grew up as watching tagger, tagger fans. Now, like, kids coming up and be like, holy crap, that's Tiger. So, like, that's the thing when, when you talk about moving the needle and you watch Tiger at Eastlake walk up and there is thousands and thousands and thousands of people walking up the fairway behind him. Like, that's something you don't see in sports ever. No, and absolutely The not. fact that he's walking, like, he's just walking down the fairway and fans and, are just fans all are over just and he's just walking, walking through people. sea of people. And, but... Name another golfer that comes remotely close. Phil is the closest you will get to that. And Phil is, and I've seen Phil with a lot of people around him. He's on another, it's not even the same. It's not the same level. 
Tiger, Tiger just, he has this Phil's charisma here. about him. Rory is probably here, and every, and like when Rory's playing well, and then everybody else is like here. Like it's not even close. Yeah. Like Tiger's on another he's, he's, a, he's a phenomenon. It, 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 it's when it comes down to it, the, the as far mo- as the impact he had on the game, he's, he's absolutely phenomenal. But you, but you think about like Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, Muhammad Ali, like maybe Wayne Gretzky. You're talking like the major people in their sport. They're on a different level. Like mm-hmm. Tiger Woods and MJ. I think MJ said the like only... Messi, Ronaldo, or like... But I wouldn't even... But I don't think they... Tra- I'm not a big soccer fan. But I don't think they transcended... The sport like so, they Like did. soccer culture worldwide is insane. It's huge, yeah. Insane. Oh, yeah. But the US is still the top market for everything. So when soccer doesn't break in, like Ronaldo worldwide, Messi worldwide, and like maybe like people are going to be like, you're an idiot, maybe. But like... <laughs> but you got to think like... <laughs> I don't think those guys transcended the sport like Pele transcended. Like you would think, right, like, right, you know, right, maybe right. Maradona. Yeah. But like when you really look at like the effect Tiger had and the the effects MJ had, like the MJ, they did a ten a ten week documentary or a ten uh, episode documentary on him that was a thirty for thirty. Like that was incredible. I don't know if you watched that. That was absolutely incredible. Now MJ was ahead of my time. Like when I started watching basketball, right. Like he his, his last basically his last year was nineteen ninety eight. I remember I remember when I was eight years old having a VHS tape record his last game. I have no idea where it is, but... Oh, and that would have been with the Wizards. Yeah, yeah. And I, like, I remember him playing for the Wizards, which is crazy because I didn't... I, obviously, I knew Michael Jordan for the Bulls. Like, right. Patrick Ewing and Reggie Miller. Like, I knew some of those guys, but it was, like, the Ooh. late 90s when I was, like, kind of watching basketball. And at that point, MJ was, like, pretty much done. I remember MJ, honestly, from Space Jam, which I know is crazy. But MJ did no, Space Jam in 97. It was 97 he did 97. So he no. did it before he got done. Oh, yeah. He was in the prime of his career. They talk about in the documentary. He went, he literally went out to, I think it was like Vegas to film it. And I remember, you know what? Now that you sh- say that. And you know how they had some of the pros had, that were in and it? And they had like a gym there. They made a gym there. And so he had like a pickup. Like they a played pickup, pickup so all he would, the time. He would do filming all day and go play pickup with all these guys at night. And a lot, some of those guys, like, were like, I, I don't remember all the players. I think Reggie was in it. But uh, do you remember, um, um, uh, Bradley was his last name. He was like seven foot six. Goofy, oh, Sean goofy. Bradley. Sean Bradley. Sean Bradley. I saw Sean Bradley play at the Continental Airlines Arena, which I don't know what it's called now, which was where the New Jersey Nets played. Yeah, and I was a big Nets fan. I think. I think they played the Barclays Arena now. They maybe. Well, the Nets moved to to um, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, but um, back in the day, back then, yeah, they played I don't, right I, outside the Meadowlands where the Giant Stadium was. Yeah, I remember right watching there. like Jason Kidd and and like Jason Vince Carter. Kidd, Jason Kidd was my guy. And this is before Vince Carter. So yeah, like Jason this is Kidd. like late nineties. Jason Kidd. Uh, you had Kerry Keith, Kittles, Keith Van Horn, Keith Van Keith Horn, Horn. Kerry Kittles, Kenyon Martin, Kenyon Martin. Um, uh, uh, who's the other oh, guard in the team? It's gonna um, bug me. No, yeah, no, I, I, I know who you're talking about. Oh man, A big, fairly big name. But they were playing that year against Dallas, and Sean Bradley was on Dallas. He was seven foot six, and he was doing like little like turnaround like hooks in the paint. I mean, literally, it was just like it was in. But Dirk shot like that was the year Dirk was playing and Steve Nash was playing. They started the season eleven yeah. and zero Dallas, and Dirk dropped like forty something points. And I just remember Dirk doing like fadeaway, like you know the typical like fadeaway Dirk shot. Oh, and, like, the one legged fadeaway. Yeah, the one leg. It looks like I he's all to, like really bumpy and like would just. So drop when, bombs. when I would watch Dirk, I always would say when I was younger, Dirk will come like he will swish like perfect swish at least one shot every game oh, at least pure shooter. Oh, pure no, shooter, probably in basketball at the time. Oh my god! Yeah, and, and then and then Steph Curry said, "Hold my beer." And exactly, and then just just ripped it up, and now the league is a three point league. 
yeah, I haven't gotten man, back I into it. I cannot think of that guard. That's going to bother me. I'm going to look it up when we're done. I, I, I was going to do the same. Like, <laughs> like if you said, I'm going to be like, what an idiot. Because this is, this is the late 90s. Late late 90s, early, early 2000s, 2000s. When they were they were like, I would say actually. Was, this, was he on actually, the team when gonna, they went to the finals? I'm not even going to say late 90s. Yes. I was, no, no, no. I'm not going to say late 90s. This was more like 2002, 3, 4. Oh my God. 2001, 2, 3, 4. Jason Kidd was like the face of the, he of was, the franchise. Yes. And then you had Kenyon Martin, you had Kerry Kittles, you had Richard Jefferson. Richard Jefferson. I'm not thinking Richard Jefferson. There was another, there was another, or was it, was Kerry Kittles the guard? Wait, wait. Man, I'm having a mind trip right now. I got to look it up. I'll have to look at the starting lineup. Because I definitely remember like when Vince Carter played. When he came in like 04, 05, whatever. Vince was was not on the team when I saw him. No, it was, he was on Toronto. This might have been 2002 or 03. He was on Toronto at that point. Yes. Vince Sanity. Oh my God. God. Also, a great documentary. Been, and, uh, it might have been Kerry Kittles because that honestly sounds like they're starting five. Maybe it was Kerry Kittles. It honestly could have been Keith Van Horn. That was a good, good poll. That he was on the team too, but I think he was a six man. Yeah, Kenyon Martin. Uh, you know what I want to say too? Like I keep like I kept Maynard Christich, but he was a little later on. <laughs> no, it was yeah, but like yeah, it was a great, great time. So that I was a big, big Nets fan for a couple years. I was a big Jason Kidd fan. So Tracy McGrady was my guy back then. He he T Max. Remember the T Max. The, oh, the shoe? I had the team. Did you? They were the. I wanted oh, the T Max. I, I, I never bought them because they were like eighty bucks. I was like, Nah, I'm gonna get the whatever I got. So, oh man, I but had the, the T Max. Well, these yes. were the these were the original T Max, the black with the blue stripes on them, like the blue like yeah, like no, the, like, the web the, on like, turn of the millennium, like yep, yeah, when he was and the face of the magic, back, yeah, 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 back when T Mac was like arguably him, Kobe Bryant, RIP, yeah, Kobe, and this was before Braun. This is before Ron, oh, so yeah. it this would was be like, like T-Mac, Kobe, Allen Iverson, yep. Shaq was dominant at the time, yep. Paul Pierce, mm-hmm. Ray Allen was coming into his own. Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett. Th- uh, this was like early. Jason Richardson. Um, Jeez, yeah. Wow. Oh, man. But I'm it was like Steve Nash and Dirk. Yeah, they yeah. they yeah. were big. Um, yeah, no, you're right. That was like right in the, the, the heart of that league. And uh, But then when LeBron came, now this is the thing with LeBron. LeBron won this year, which great. I, I, I'm a big LeBron fan. He, I didn't follow it all this year, so I like, yeah, just no, weird year. I I would have liked for I, I'm I'm. It's great that he won for sure. I think you know he's he's a legend. Obviously, I would have liked to see Miami win just for the story because it was such a great like an interesting story. So you were young at the time, based on your age, but yeah, I was eight when LeBron came in the league. Okay, so LeBron, there's a great documentary, and it's called More for the Love of the Game. Yeah, your phone or mine. Yours. My phone is crazy because we'll just add, I don't know, maybe it was Siri. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. So there's a great documentary called For the Love of the Game or More Than the Game or something like that. It follows him and his four teammates. Say, it oh, follows from, him and his from team. From St. Vincent, Yeah. So this is back in the 2002-2003 season. The reason I know this is because I was like a huge LeBron James fan. This was back when he made like the cover of Sports Illustrated, yeah. had the Hummer, like... All this stuff. High school junior LeBron James would be an NBA lottery pick right now. I remember the cover. He's like, yeah, he was like jamming oh, with a thing, yeah, and he had. Like, the, and I loved it because I was a Notre Dame guy. He had the yeah, Irish shirt, he yeah, had the yeah, Irish yeah. Show, and it had the Fighting Irish, and had for like. Sure. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, because I was a big Irish fan back in the day too. Like, that's for another day. Jason Thomas, like a big, big, uh, big, big uh, Irish guy back then. Uh, no, 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 Chris Thomas, Chris Thomas, my bad, Chris Thomas, and Chris, uh, Chris, um, last name was a D. Great one-two punch. This is back in the, this is back in like probably 2003, 2004 biggies. Okay. Back to LeBron. So LeBron, I watched all those games when he played like Oak Hill, played like, uh, 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 
Carmelo Anthony. Mm-hmm. And these were all over ESPN. So if you can, I've been following LeBron since 2002 or three. So before he came into the league, so I'm not like a LeBan well, wagon. No, LeBron. no, no. Yeah, that, but that that's great. That's like uh, I followed Trey Young from when he was in high school. Yeah. And if I find that so cool when you see someone like that blow up and just to see now you saying you've followed LeBron that long to see where he's at now. How crazy is that journey Incredible. to see from, from love it. And he's still, he's still years. arguably one of the best players in the league, if not oh, the best. Oh yeah. Like you could, you could argue however you want, but I'm like, if LeBron James I, I am is on your team, I'm a bit biased because I wanted, still the best player I wanted team. Giannis to win the MVP because I, I definitely am a Bucks fan. Who won fan. the MVP? Giannis. Okay. Uh, he like, I was definitely hopped on the Bucks bandwagon last year and, and Giannis is my guy now. I'm happy he won the MVP. I think Braun definitely could have, you know, he could have had it for sure. LeBron's uh, ha- the best. To me, he's the best. The LeBron is the biggest. He's the ageless player. wonder. Oh, he absolutely he's the biggest is impact the biggest player. Impact on the, player. On the, no matter oh, what. Oh yeah. Oh what? yeah. I think he's, he's kind of led. I think that he's kind of led his generation into other pursuits outside of basketball. Him and Kobe both did that. They had, they, they took their platform and used it as a foray into a lot of things such as investments and oh yeah you Le- know just, just like a billionaire when he's done oh if he's not already he'll be going to movies and analysis and like he's got the personality yeah. he's got like the magic I johnson su- i wouldn't be surprised to see him as a coach or a gm yeah potentially and uh no obviously jordan didn't do too well with that but some no, some, some players will you never but, know um if again back to the movie it's, i think it's called more than a game or for the love of the game or something like that it's a documentary on saint v's um saint vincent saint mary's high school and it was the five of them like the whatever the fab five the they fab called five themselves. yeah and the thing is there if you go through like lebron's like instagram account they're still best friends so like you'll see which these is photos. awesome and they all like brandon wims uh, uh weems, drew, brandon weems, drew joyce, joyce drew joyce drew joyce i um, don't know the other two uh romeo travis yeah and uh, okay oh god i've got i like, yeah, it's I'm like gonna, the guard. I just it's on the tip of your tongue. No, no, no. Uh, Drew was the guard. He was like five foot five. Like he was midget. He was very small. It's like as and far his, as his dad was coached. Coach Drew was Drew, his dad. Drew Joyce. Yep. Man. And uh, Drew Joyce, and I think it was Drew Joyce Jr. Uh, or the third or whatever he was. Right. Um, LeBron, Brandon, I think Weems. There was Romeo Travis, and then man, I am going to be. I can't believe I can't remember this. Other so we first can't remember the Nets guard. Now we can't remember this one. It's just bad. Pretty good though. I got four of the five. Yeah. And that's a good memory. So then he, um, so if you look at them, they all have their photos. So it's kind of cool. And last year it was actually a really cool thing that I saw. Cause again, this is like, you know, dad mode now, like going back into the day. Um, what's his name? Um, his son, Braun plays for Sierra Nevada, or Bra- Sierra, Sierra Canyon, Sierra Bronny. Canyon. Ronnie. Ronnie, yeah. So they're like a big stud team. So they play online. Come in, like, so they they play online, online on online. Jeez. they play on TV. And after they the game, they do play online nowadays. Yeah, streaming. So after the game <laughs> gets done they're, and they're playing, Bronny gets a picture with LeBron, who's at the game, and those four guys are with him. So Bronny actually gets a picture with the five guys that all went to his game on tel- on national television, which I thought again I thought was cool because me having grown up twenty years ago watching him, like I remember those guys playing, and now that LeBron's kids playing and they're all there watching him, it's like I know it's, it's happy dad moment, but like still though, just I mean to see that to see that come to fruition is really cool. I mean like it's it's such a journey like I, watching that. It's, it's watching. The, I mean, you literally saw LeBron turn it, into this eighteen year old prospect into now this. 30 what five-year-old cultural like phenomenon with his own oldest family. player in the NBA basically and his 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 first his firstborn brownie is i think he's like a top 30 recruit in his class oh he's well, pretty I, close I, I would i bet you he's like he, top two or three or four mm, he's lower than that he you is think? lower than that yeah really? last, last i knew i think he was like oh i want to say he was like 20th 
Yeah, he'll, he'll go higher. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's like 6'2". I know. I mean, like his once dad's 6'8". Yeah, once this dude hits 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, it's probably going to be over. He's got a, raw athleticism. He's got a, he's got a few more genetics got to pop for him. Oh, yeah, for sure. So. No doubt about it. All right. Alec, appreciate it. Galen. We didn't talk anything about sports. So Seriously, I could, I could do this all day. It's easy. It's easy money talking, talking like this. Just shooting the shit back and forth. That's all it is. Love it. I appreciate you having we'll, me. We'll on get you here. back on if we do a golf podcast. Maybe we'll do. Oh, definitely. We'll do a Jared, Jared Ryan one with, with you. That would be a fun. That would be awesome. I'm definitely. We got open four mics here. I definitely would like to. Maybe uh, an eight-hour podcast. Give some input for the development of this as well. It's something I definitely want to be a part of moving forward. I think it was a great. We'll, concept. we'll get like some kind of committee slash yeah, like definitely think tank group definitely. on it. So. But, uh, Again, Galen, yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure, for real. First podcast experience, went super well, enjoyed it a lot, and great company. Can't ask for more. There we go. That's episode 98 of the Galen Trombley Show. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.